Yo, what's up? And welcome to Hot Takes, guys. I'm Young Shiro, and this is... This Skeleton is Lipstick. Hi, guys. Yes. <laughs> welcome. We uh, have Hotel Pools joining us today, a billboard charting artist. Billboard charting artist. Very excited to have a god from the chill sense scene joining us today. Uh, probably the most well-known artist in that synthwave meets chill wave type of vibe, aside from, of course, the renowned Randy Home Gothy Home Resonance guy. Um, as always, thank you so much to our regulars that have tuned in. For those of you that are a new uh, first-time viewer, this is a talk show slash podcast slash interactive geek out argument debate session where we all get to have all of our ideas out in the open with no judgment no takes are too hot just keep it clean don't punch don't punch down but you can punch up um and with that being said just keep us in the loop on audio levels if the music is too loud if chris is too quiet etc we got some fun new secrets and tricks up our sleeve for y'all today so without further ado, I'm going to get started with a few recommendations, guys. A couple albums that I have delved into recently that I would like to uh, recommend personally. Um, obviously, everybody knows and loves a previous Hot Takes guest, FM Skyline. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people are as familiar with uh, Pete's back catalog uh, prior to the 100P releases. And if they're not, that's a mistake. I want to recommend a specific... Right? Love Pete. I love Pete, too. Such a nice guy. So skilled and so kind. Classy guy. Fun to talk to. Y'all, if you haven't heard Vapor Midi Muzak, the album before the one... Skelly is quiet, it seems. Can you turn me up? Skelly is. My whole setup. My whole setup, I guess. I noticed this before we started, so let me boost him. Anyways, I'm going to drop a link. me? I just boosted you about 25%. Y'all, check out awesome. Vapor Mini Muzak. That's the album that came out in 2018 before... Thank you, Lux. Before um, the one that was his 100p debut. Check that out if you like Chill Synth, if you like Utopian Virtual, if you like fun, tinny, midi-type sounds. I can highly recommend that one, especially the song Weird Room. And then to take it in a different direction... Uh, from the Lo-Fi House, which is kind of vapor-adjacent scene, I would like to recommend an artist that has actually been featured on uh, Kudata comp. Kudata, as you know, is run by Tendencies, and it's a vapor-slash-vapor-adjacent label. Check Tendency. out... Shout-out to Brandon. Shout-out to Brandon Tendencies. Check out Unabridged. The Unabridged, specifically, because there's two versions, the Unabridged version of Gateway by Phones. If you like Bodysan or Pacific Coliseum or um, Akasha System, like really, really hazy lo-fi house, check out Phones, Gateway, the unabridged version. And then for my last recommendation before we get into our hot takes and we get to talk to Hotel Pools himself, a uh, lesser-known vaporwave artist that I've been a huge fan of lately, Iridescent. Iridescent oh. makes... Okay, good, you're a fan. Iridescent makes... Well, I mean, yeah, you. I didn't realize that he does that song uh, I really enjoy that you play. Yes, uh, that Uwe song. That you play yeah. So I this is the good. album that song is from, and it's called You're 3 a.m. always on my yeah. mind. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, my God. Every time you drop that song in one of the DJ sets, as you did at the, like, the most recent Terminally Chill at Sacramento, California, 
which I mean, the audience went crazy when you played that song. By the oh, way, oh man, and I, I every time I hear you play it, whether it's like uh, footage of one of your live DJ sets or one of your live streams, I, I always ask you like, what is this song? Because it is such fire. It it's is a, a good time, movie. right? It is literally launching a missile into an audience and just exploding them with energy. Like I keep, and I always forget it until I ask you again. You're like, Chris, I've told you this song multiple times now. Damn, but Videodrome now, just rated yeah. us with 23 people. Thank you, Videodrome. Oh, fuck. Welcome, fuck guys, the hot takes. Welcome. Uh, yeah. So anyways, that album is called 3AM. It's all over the place. Some future funk in there, some some classic vapor, a lot of fun vibes. If you just like I chopped and screwed. 80s R&B. You got to check out 3AM by Iridescent. Um, And Quiz says it features art from Keith Rankin. Are we talking about the same album, Quiz, or are you referring to one of the other two that I mentioned? Anyways, we got some people here that are very, very excited about seeing Hotel Pools, and I forgot to grab my drink, so I'm going to grab that while you get started with our hot take. All right, sure. Um, okay, so I have a question for you guys, actually, who are li- who are typing right now. Um, so I am going to kind of put Isaac on the spot for a moment because he had posted something on Facebook stating that he's not the biggest fan of Daft Punk. And I took great umbrage to this, and I had uh, I, I, I started yelling at him. I said, no, we're talking about um, Isaac, you're back. You got your drink already? Yes. Okay, I was just mentioning that I'm not trying to call you out when I say this. But oh, guys, the episode's over. Sorry. Thanks for tuning in to Hot Takes. You're not the biggest fan of Daft Punk. And I got very angry about that. And I said, no, 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 no. This is crazy. That is a that is a once-in-a-lifetime artist. That I said that they united the concepts of the dance party with the excitement of sort of a rock and roll music that they sort of combine those two things together and in, in in addition to that they are essentially an artist in every aspect possible both audio both audially both, both through other audio and their and visually right so in addition to the music that they make there is the presentation of the music and there are the music videos themselves which are their own little small worlds there's the fact that they designed an entire anime based around True. one of their uh, one of their, their second album, which in my opinion played a very large influence in a lot of the aesthetic choices of several future funk artists who went on to also appropriate anime as part of their aesthetic. I think that is a direct lineage, direct fucking lineage you have a good point. from that fucking Discovery album. That's that's where I think that comes from, honestly, in my opinion. That and obviously kids grow by that. But I'm digressing for a moment. I thought that Daft Punk did a thing where they put spectacle and they put artistry into the concept of dance music. And um, somebody talked to you and said that they liked Daft Punk, they liked electronic music and the vibe of a lot of dance of a lot of electronic dance music prior to Daft Punk, and that Daft Punk came along and changed many things. And I a hundred percent agree with you, and I, I think they did. And I'm of the camp that believes that I enjoy the spectacle, and I enjoy the artistry that happened after Daft Punk. I enjoy the energy of that kind of electronic music. I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, the boiler room style in a basement playing techno and everybody stays quietly, just sort of nods side to side and watches Very the DJ cold. do what they do. And I do think, well, you know, some people would prefer that. And then other per- people prefer the big pyramid and the robot helmets. And now 
I think that Daft Punk does the spectacle, but they do it with integrity and they do it with artistry and they do it in a way that it's an actual, almost like a um, an art piece. Yeah, it, it is an art piece, not almost. It's completely an art piece that engages the audience and engages the imagination. And I like that, but my hot take is that I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of the concept of just the techno music in the fucking sweaty warehouse with the dark lights and 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 the uh, and then the not even really dancing that much. I mean, it was pretty much just rave and trance back then if you wanted to dance. So I will give it to you that they definitely mixed it up well, a little and made well, it kind of well, funky, you know. Well, let's, let's well, hold on. Like let's not like all let's go let's not like do that completely, okay, right? Okay, and window liquor. Yeah, Chicago house. You have all kinds of fun things that are pro- cropping up, right? Yeah, but I mean, but like in the pop culture day. sphere. Oh, in the pop culture sphere. Well, that's actually quite interesting, right? In the pop culture sphere, like where there, I don't even really think there is much like uh, dance music in the pop culture sphere. At least more Not mainstream dance music. Not really. Um, prior to Daft Punk, Daft Punk is like '96 when they begin. '96, '97. What is? What's? What's the big? You know, specific just dance music. I'm not talking about like dancey pop music. Um, but what is dance music prior? What is dance music in the pop culture? Probably like, uh, yeah, just the trance and rave stuff. Because I what mean, like it? the Gabber and hardcore, like never really made it yeah, into like the normie sphere. I would never. That's too niche, right? It's very specific. But what is? What is it? Someone in the chat. You got me. me out here? Maybe somebody wants to jump in and uh, see if they can figure out what in the world Chris is talking about. <laughs> no, who knows? Dad Punk's also very interesting too because if you look at that, if you if you snapshot that time frame and you look at the other things that are going on that are popular artists of the time, you're going to get things like Crystal Method, or you're going to see things like um, I don't know, maybe Fatboy Slim's, or even like okay, Moby, fair, Moby, or even Moby's era where he was sampling the soul music and yeah. uh, or the spirituals and sort of like just putting like a little bit of a uh, a breakbeat behind it. I and let me you. tell you right now, all of it sounds dated. It's not. I'm not saying it's good. I enjoy yeah. it, but it all sounds like block rock and beats. Sounds of its time, man. Like the that sounds of its five. time. Yeah. Uh, well, it. I don't know what it is to say. I don't know what to call it aside from that. Feels like I'm in 1997. You know what I mean? But True. I'm gonna put on Defunk, Daft Punk, and it's just like this is made outside time. This is made by people who are doing something completely different and have their own influences and it comes from a lot of different places and they're not particularly thinking too much about what else is going on and fitting in but doing something that's really good so my hot take is Daft Punk made dance music better and dance music is a thousand times better because of Daft Punk and that's all I have to say about that and disagree or don't agree but why don't we bring on Hotel Pools why don't we rambly ramble why don't we 10 minutes in 10 minutes that's not too bad guys who wants to talk to Hotel Pools let's bring the man on himself Ben go ahead and unmute yourself Hello, guys. What's up? Welcome what to Hot up, Takes. How fun. Thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we're oh, super sure. excited to have somebody from your scene because as we discussed briefly last night, you know, there's some people in our vapor sphere that, that make sounds that are kind of akin to the sounds that are coming yeah. from your project and, and some of the other, like, electronic gems and, and Stratford Chord and, like... The, that yeah. type of vibe. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's just like in the end of the at the end of the day, it's a very, very large sort of kingdom. It and is. They're just sort of small, little like enclaves around it. You know what I mean? Like the fact that you even mentioned, obviously, Stratford Court, Andrew Walker, and everybody right. directly come 
from, you know, our little scene that begins in, like, 2010 and grows outward. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, literally. Like, I mean, look at the Mr. Nonsense compilation, mm -hmm. uh, Symposium Volume 1. Oh, there was Andrew, all kinds of random stuff. Well, Andrew was walkie-talkie walkie at the time, and he, had, right. yeah, he has yeah. a song on that on that compilation in addition to designing the cover art for it. And yeah. also, uh, my Lipstick Elite album is one of the early Stratford Court releases, right? So with, cool. with uh, me and Lux's Lipstick Elite uh, album was originally released on Stratford Court back in the day. Uh, Venture That's X. Cool. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, man. Check the archives. Venture X, too. Uh, he, oh, yeah. In my opinion, the very first future funk artist, if not, like, in my opinion, like, the first. The homie Charlie. You know, for the most part. And I believe Venture X album uh, back in, like, 2012, that was, like, the first vinyl they ever released. And Damn. honestly, one of the first vinyls you could release from the internet, weirdo, vapor, chillson, whatever else is involved in this whole world scene in general. Like, I remember, I think that was, like, one of the first ones. I, I've noticed anyway. that the commonality is nostalgia and just an appreciation for synth. Yeah. Palettes and sound yeah. fonts that are just a little gentler and a little more like, you know, retro and kind of hazy sounding. Is that the thread? I mean, among many I'm... things. Yeah, I'm not sure. sure. I mean, for me, well, yeah. Why don't you tell us how you feel? Not sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's. I mean, for me, I'm just kind of making music I want to listen to. So it's like, that's always what I try to do is make stuff that I'd want to hear myself. So, you know, I can't listen to my own music with, you know, an unbiased ear. So I can't really hear it like everyone else hears it. But my goal is to just make music that I like. So, you know, Fair. the nostalgia thing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm from the 80s, so I mean, I, I'm not a super young guy. I, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so I mean, um, same. You know, part of that is it too. Yeah, I mean, part of that. It's not like I'm really like trying to make something feel nostalgic. That's just, I think, by nature, what I make, and so, um, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of. I think the common thread is just the fact that um, the sounds and the and the the tones that I go for all seem to lay in that space, you know? I yeah. Know, so that's, that's just what I like, you know what I mean? Fair. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I see, I always, I never really think too much about uh, the nostalgia thing for me too. Nostalgia is just one part of it. It is uh, one, like you have a, you have this palette, right? And there's a bunch of colors on that palette. And one of the palette, one of the colors is definitely nostalgia, but I don't, I never personally consider it to be, it's never been my main palette either. And I always thought that honestly, it's sort of this combination of like, uh, of looking back and using older instruments or older sounds, but also looking forward into thinking about new ways that you can dress them up and experiment and play. You know what yeah. I mean? And the nice thing about like the whole world of all this stuff happens is like you do have this playground and you do have an audience and you do, you know, you have like-minded people that are around you and you can exchange ideas back and forth with them. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's a bit, it was also like a bit reactionary to um, things that were overproduced. You know what I mean? True. Yeah, I mean, and the visuals behind it too. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of lean heavy into it and that's just because I don't really give a shit. Like if it's a cliche, I just, I like it. It's like, it's like the yeah. music. You know, I don't really care if it's, you know, overdone or if Chill Wave has, is like corny. I don't, I just liked it. I like it. So I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I like, I like that, that other people to like gravitate to it too. Um, but Boy, the, the visual been. stuff, I, I think the visual stuff is part of the nostalgia too, because true, you know, you lean to the whole, you know, eighties elements or the palm trees or the whatever. But for me, I just, it makes me feel a certain way and I like that feeling. So that's yeah, why nice. I just, I like yeah. to attach those things to the music. I feel like it's a nice pairing yeah. and, um, you know, someone like Andrew who can create, you know, really kind of oh, conceptualized brilliant. amazing pieces that aren't necessarily like ripping off a retro, you know, no. thing. I, 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 that's he, him and we've created kind of a really cool relationship because you know, without him, I don't feel like I'd necessarily be here. Um, he create, oh, cool. he helps me create that kind of, that, that, that template that people can see and then kind of run with it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like when you, when you read a book and you're able to create the visuals in your head, mm-hmm. Andrew can set the scene and then the music can take you further. Did, you know what I mean? Like did Andrew do the artwork for your most recent album? The, the, the one where it looks like a, like a vintage t-shirt from like some surf shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I love he that did that. I, I love that. I love that work, I love artwork that so much. He is a genius. And that's the, really brilliant it's thing so about Andrew fun. in general is the idea of creating things that remind you of something that does exist but it doesn't exist it's completely from his imagination right and that yeah. and it's fully unique to the music that it's being associated with and it's just like it draws on the ideas of like have I seen this before I have not and I've, I've, I've never seen anything that reminds me of it before this is something that's taken it so much further into something new and yeah he's he's really brilliant I didn't realize he's a that he's a collaborator yeah. too because you know like the last thing like you said that was this crazy concept that I had of a son coming up over a farm initially I wanted the farm to be growing croissants and so the <laughs> concept was like wow. like you know baked like you know yeah. the croissants are being baked um, and then so that's where the whole croissant and then he drew this you know the sun and with the uh, the wow. concept of him like hitting the palm tree and then eating the croissant and it turned into this whole like thing and I was just like blown away that he was able to take my idea it's and very it into fun this. and just lighthearted and wow. whimsical I love and it yeah I love it too I have a question yeah. for you and I like yeah yeah go well, ahead well, you mentioned I didn't mean to cut you off but you mentioned you make music that you want to listen to so do you yeah. listen to music that sounds like your music or are your influences like way different from what your music sounds like um well i think i you know i started years ago in the hip-hop world so like when i was growing up i wanted to be i wanted to sound like dj premier or, or oh. jd or Elor dilla or sp Sick. you know jd um I love dj premier know, um uh I mean, they're just like I wanted to emulate those guys. So um, I would, you know, be digging through, you know, crazy, weird European records, trying to find the little, you know, portion that I could flip. And awesome. um, that was like my passion for many years. And then um, uh, met a friend of mine years later that kind of got me into I started to get uh, feel constrained with the sampling, the way that mm. I couldn't necessarily make my own parts. You know, I was. Yeah sampling other people and trying to like you know do the Beck thing where I'd sample parts off different albums trying to make them work and and that works sometimes but as a kid I didn't I was working on a trite and I didn't have um I didn't have like a DAW I I wasn't working on a computer and so I was trying to create these 
things in my head that I couldn't really do with sampling. And so a buddy of mine kind of had changed my world and like, you know, brought a synth over. We listened to all this crazy music that I hadn't listened to. Um, and, uh, and it just kind of changed my whole mindset. And from there, um, I think it's just been a natural progression, but you know, like the music I listen to now is really pretty vast. I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff that, that you would consider like in my world. Um, but I also listen to like, I mean, what did I have on earlier? I was listening to Mac Miller record. Um, I did see you talking about that the other really, day. I've never even really listened to that record. I love that. Oh, record. really? It's a great yeah. album, right? Yeah, great yeah, album. Miller's that, um, that outstanding. You know, like I grew up Outcast. You know, AT Aliens was like a classic record to me. Um, you know, um, but you know, I, I just appreciate. Um, I don't know. There's certain things in music that just make me feel um, differently than other pieces of music, and that's what mm -hmm. I'm always striving for that feeling and. Sometimes I'm in the studio writing and I have that feeling. I'm like, oh shit, like that's it, you know? And I'm like chasing <laughs> yeah. that, you know? It's it's Very cool. it's and far between, but like those are the things I'm after. So I write a lot based off feeling and, and just what I'm hearing. And so I'm just, you know, I'm just like, I'm just always chasing that. But I don't know, I listen to a lot of stuff, man. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, trying to experiment um, and switch up what I listen to because I feel like that that's cool that helps me it's always yeah. so really fascinating what, to me what, when artists tell me who their like sources are and their favorite artists and, and genres and it's like completely different sounding from what they make and i'm like wow how did you i think i think yeah. that's what really good producers do is that True. They, they find themselves listening you know you find yourself listening to something you you, uh, you you begin to draw ideas from it you get inspired to make things and then you understand that you need to listen to other things need to try yeah. out some other sounds that you might be interested in see what that draws out of you in some way yeah and i'm pulled so many different ways too that often when i'm writing i gotta i can't listen to other music because i'll hear something and be mm -hmm. like fuck that what i'm doing I need to do <laughs> yeah that, you know? like, i so haven't so I have to, like really it happens to yeah, me too you know, like when I um, I was in another project years ago called Macintosh Braun, and it was more like pop electro stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and my buddy who I was writing with, Ian, showed me all kinds of cool music. Um, and a buddy, Rob, of my, like he showed me M83 back then. This was yeah. like probably 2000. Damn, I love M83. Um, 2008, love M83. 2009. Um, and he like changed my whole life. I mean, I've seen him that, many times live. That's and, a, was know, it? Saturday's Equal Youth, um, that album in general, yeah, uh, that was yeah. a big. In my opinion, that album in general was like a big. Sea it kind of launched. That got a lot of press. Well, it launched just viewing and processing music a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Because M83 obviously was a very pretty well known shoegaze post punk band prior to that, but then they yeah. took these songs and they really they really took their sounds and structured it into like sort of a a, a, a gentler pop a pop uh, sensibility vibe. came with that album. and it really like and that clicked you know what i mean it and did. i think a lot of us were kind of getting sick of listening to the same sort of like um you know arpeggiated indie dance music that was going on at the time Boy, and I, um, I know you i don't know I kind of was too at that time, and no, no, not trying to cast too much aspersions against that time period in like the, um, I guess like the mid two thousands. But I don't know when I heard, yeah, when I heard like the late two uh, thousands, like that's when like you know cut copy. I remember yeah. really passion like, a pit. Lot. Love uh, cut copy. 
Cut copies the one from that era that I will always go back and revisit and always deeply enjoy. You know, obviously, you know, um, what's the album uh, with lights and music? Uh, what's yeah. it called? Yeah. In, you know what um, I'm talking about. That, well, that's, that's a great album. I know the one you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah that, we all know that one, it was right? okay it's to have synthesizers in. But I don't know, man. I got a little bit sick and tired of... Um, I don't know, like sort of like Arctic Monkeys-ish type bands, not them themselves, but sort of those kinds of bands that were starting to dominate constantly. Oh, I've, I've read your rants and, about you know, when I heard party. that maybe Yeah, when and I had just <laughs> block party is not my thing. I don't like it. Well, Other man, people they have do. A great, Look, they have I a great I know they do, and so, I know they're great. You know, I know they're I, mean, I know they're I may not be a huge Daft Punk fan, but tired, this guy doesn't like block party, I got just saying. Tired of that sound in general. Yeah, and I then when you, I, I heard M eighty three, I which is I think like two thousand eight or so when that album came out, I was like, yeah. Oh man, you know, I always love shoegaze music. This has now brought it to another level where I can feel the structure of the song. I can feel mm-hmm. the movements and changes and I can hear the vocals and but not too much. But just right. like enough, you know what I mean. Um, it still maintained the integrity that you would have from like that kind of genre. But it was something where I don't know, and it really was a big influence. I think on a lot of yeah. people. Uh, and, yeah, and it really changed like music to come after that because obviously I think that you know it made the made it easier for people to get into chill wave, made it easier for True. people to start listening to Neon and, Indian, him and Animal Collective. I would say Paul Black. Oh, Animal Collective, in my like opinion, is extremely influential. Oh, for sure. Well, Animal Collective is extremely influential in changing the way people listened to music. That and the Panda Bear album, Person Pitch. Probably and also understand so. that Animal Collective started Paw Tracks with the sole purpose. And look, listen, I know it's a dirty word to mention this person right now, but <laughs> at the time, this person is still extremely influential, right, in the way we make music and the way we listen to different sounds. And that would be Ariel Pink. They started Paw Tracks with the specific purpose of releasing Ariel Pink's music. And, you know, listening to uh, guitars and drums and singing through that sort of grit was a big influence on things like, say, surfing or other bands, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But anyway, I kind of want to get back to to Ben. I want to ask you, my friend, what what, when did you decide that you wanted to start making music? You mentioned that you'd gotten into hip hop earlier and that you wanted to start producing beats. I assume maybe you were a fan of Stones Throw Records, things like that as well, maybe. Or no? Um, yeah, a little Mad Lib. You know, I was, I was literally like 12. Like, I was buying, like, Foxy Brown, Il Nana. Oh, like, I nice. would walk to the CD store. You know, I'd walk to the store and buy, like, you know, I'd buy all those records back then. Like, um, I mean, the big records for me that kind of were the turning point was, like, the Slum Village record was huge. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Volume oh, one. But, uh, I mean, I got my first drum machine. I've said this before. I was about 12. Um, and that's kind of my mom got it for me. And that's kind of when I just started fucking around with, with rhythmic stuff. My dad's a drummer. So I grew up around, um, around him playing and I'd go, you know, uh, he'd be on tour and I'd go out with him for a few days. I'd get to be on the bus and I'd get to be backstage. And I kind of saw things from a different angle growing up than I think a lot of a lot of kids do and it, it impacted me a lot you know and I always looked wow. up to my dad a lot um, yeah. as a musician Shout so um, yeah I think I was just impatient like I think a lot of kids are I didn't want to spend the time to really learn an instrument I wanted to just like do it you know mm-hmm. I wanted to like yeah make a beat, I feel that sample and make music so it was like I always would start and I and I I haven't uh, kind of some some 
you know, abilities that I was born with, like rhythmic stuff that I think I just have because of my dad, like timing and, um, mm. you know, just the way I hear music, I think is different. Um, and that's just because, you know, I'm who I am and I'm different than you and you hear different music too. And, True. and so I think for me, it's like, um, as I progressed and as I got older, um, I wanted to try to uh, hone in on a certain skill. And for me, um, it was writing and producing. And I looked at that just like playing an instrument. I mean, to me, it's sure. like, you know, um, there are a lot of guys that can play fucking anything on guitar and they can't write a good song. So I think so it's a skill often. you need to hone, so often. you know, so. Um, and I think coming from seeing my dad playing the way he did and not really being a writer, he always told me like, you know, have a piece of it, like ha like be a writer, like ha play your own music, you know, like he loved what he did, but he was out there. My dad played with Hall and Oates for like 20 years. Oh, so. wow. Hall and Oates. That's wow. wild. Shout, shout out Philadelphia because that's yeah, where I live. <laughs> so what did they call, I forget what they call their, their breed of, uh, you know, whatever. But um, so I grew up sound. like um, watching him play all the time, and you know, Daryl Hall's kind of a prick. And um, you know, oh, I was, no, oh, oh no, oh no, that's a wait. Where's the hot take? take. With, with fire, that's, uh, fire that's a hot take. Yeah, Damn. I have some stories. Um, but no, anyway, um, you know, I just I knew that I wanted to like come at it from a different angle, and I didn't want to just be like a player. And there's nothing against that. But that wasn't my passion, so I think um, what drove me was just trying to really like own my songwriting, um, learn as much as I could from others that I, you know, thought were great, um, and people that would teach me along the way. But you know, I'm really self-taught. I mean, I've taken lessons here and there, Sick. but um, you know, yeah. I play guitar, I play bass, I play keys, I do everything in the studio myself, and and I just kind of I just kind of let it happen naturally i guess i don't know I no no that. i think that's actually that's very common um not not very common but i think a lot of people who produce music for the most part are just i mean i can only speak from myself as well are just drawn to do it and will do it and it's inside you and you're going to make it happen and honestly you don't half the time don't want to waste your time learning music or spending hours on the piano practicing concertos all day long like yeah. you're like i have the idea i want to do it i'll figure yeah. it out you know what i mean Damn. and the stuff i yeah. don't know if you have I'll enough passion up, you'll figure somebody. it out well yeah, yeah i've man. seen so many good i'm sorry no i mean growing up i we i didn't have like the internet really i mean i sound like a fucking old man but <laughs> it's like i didn't have YouTube when i was 12 or 15 to go wild look up, you know how to do shit so a lot of it you know it would be frustrating because mm. I'd want to be at a further level. And I see young people writing me and saying, you know, you know, how did you make that patch? Or will you send me? Like I've had people straight will you up send me? me for the session. Uh, yeah, like will you send me the session? And I totally get it, because it's yeah. that that hunger. Like you just want it so bad. But right. um even for me, like um hotel pools is not 
like me finding my sound like this is i've been doing this shit a while like this is what this is I like the like. culmination is, yeah. at least up to yeah, this point like, this is, this is that's really cool many years yeah man you could you send them those session files and it still won't teach them how to do it you know what i mean like they right. still like I, I think what people don't always understand is like you can teach someone an instrument and you can teach someone techniques and you can teach someone little tricks to do in producing but you, you really can't teach someone to produce like it's so no, it individualized hours you just have to put the time in and, you can and, like right? teach someone how to use a compressor well, or it's like, the same. you can teach someone how to do like a certain trick that you do if they have a question about it but it's like you yeah. really can't teach someone to produce like you they have to you have to do it yourself no, because it's you so individualized and i think i think the thing that people that especially the younger guys that are starting miss is the most is that no matter what i teach you you have to create your own sound. Like yeah. you have to have your own character. That can't be taught. I don't sound, you can't help I don't them sound like that. anyone else. And 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 the people that I like don't sound like me. You know what I mean? And yeah. and that's just sure. from years of trial and error, twisting knobs, fucking up, you know, that's just part yeah. of it. Yeah. So. There's like when you produce music, there's always these times when you are doing something, you're doing something, and then all of a sudden you kind of catch a glimpse at yourself of yourself. And you're like, oh, you make a sound or you do a thing or you put together a piece and you're like, or even just a small section of a piece, you're like, that's me. That's me right there. Remember that that's me right there. And then you chase that. And like, you can't teach that to somebody. You, they only could do that by twisting knobs and fucking up and trying to do something and failing, or trying to interpret what their heroes do and do it and it comes out completely different and then it's them yeah. you know what i mean i like, think the self-taught yeah, aspect that. is the coolest part like you've done it kind of in a void where like you learn your own way of doing it and i mean i don't produce unfortunately i dj but like it's fun to like meet other djs and be like oh you do it that way oh that's kind of weird but like i can see why you do you know i have said many times isaac that the fact that you don't produce is what makes you in my opinion the best dj in this scene oh you're too kind. It doesn't distract you from anything else, aside from Fair. creating that vibe and DJing and focusing on the music and the tracks themselves. It's you know it's the fucking Steve Aoki shit right there, oh, my friend. That's that's very very kind. Um, and I was anyway, not to make it about me, but I was okay. largely self-taught as well. I didn't watch YouTube videos or anything. So if you if you no. you were using those DAWs yourself without any like tutorials or anything i'm sure you found some super unique ways of doing what you do that like a lot of other producers would probably be like wow i never really thought about it from that direction did you use all. any did you did you use any so i understand the idea of you know youtube not being quite a thing yet but did you use anything else maybe some magazines i know that i used to read computer music uh, and that helped yeah, me we, understand I some magazines things. i like you know i grew up around other musicians and so my dad had an mpc 60 he gave me and i would nice. use oh, that cool. i ended up i ended up getting an mpc 3000 when they were re-released um wow. and it was it was like the roger lynn you know worked on that one um i had that for years um i remember going and buying back in the day there were sample cds that we used to get and you would like sample drum loops off those or sample little pieces oh, that's pretty cool um but like like learning I really can't remember. It was just picking up shit from, you know, people I knew maybe reading something, my dad, you know, other people that I'd be around. Um, I remember one of the earlier programs I used was called Cakewalk. Um, oh, and that was yeah. like a super early one. Um, and that helped me just look at the way, a, you know, how it's set up, how to sequence a song and all that. Oh, damn. Um, 
But these days, it's kind of, I don't really think about, it's kind of like, I, I, when I'm in doing it, I don't like to be bogged down with the technicalities of it. I don't really want to think about cuts and edits and shit. I just want to, like, make music and be unorganized and just do it, you right. know? So, like, yeah. like a painting. Um, I'm not, I'm kind of not consciously thinking about it. I'm just, like, making stuff and... It seems to come together as your, I do. <laughs> your body, your body is being a vessel for your imagination at that point, and the less yeah, that you think I, about yeah. it, the more you can translate that imagination into well, what's the in your world. head. You know, like yeah. like the 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 like we'd all be amazing. Music. Like if what you hear in your head, you could actually do. Yeah, you know that, <laughs> and that's so that's what I'm always facing too. Is like. I hear like such a great track or a transition and I'm like, okay, let me try to do that, you know, and mm. get as close oh, cool. as I can. And the more time you put in, the better you get at it and the For quicker sure. I get at it, I you know, that. or yeah. you know, I, I just moved and I took a few months off and I was like, fuck, I'm going to suck when I start again. And I didn't suck. So I right? mean, that's part of the time. That's good advice. That's good advice right there for younger producers, too. And I think that a lot of us have all been in this situation where we don't do it for a while. And then it almost becomes you get apprehensive about doing it again. You're like, can I still do this? Or if I'm not doing it every day, did I lose it? And you didn't lose it. It's there. You just got to go back and do it. I'm fucking I mean, I just think us as creative, anyone that's being creative and putting themselves out there like that. Yeah. just fucking trampled on i mean i don't think people understand like i'm a sensitive guy i don't care i own it i'm you know i i know who i am at this point but like putting your music out there is fucking that's difficult. really vulnerable like that's not yeah. just you yeah. know yeah it's a vulnerable place to mm -hmm. be at and i think people treat art especially music as very just a throwaway thing yeah, that is kind of just unfortunately be, very disposable it's there to at least be taken, right now. It's there to be used. It's there to be thrown away. It's kind of, mm. it's, it, and it, and so for me, it's like, you have to kind of get a thick skin to the point where True. you, I realized the turning point for me was, yeah. I know that people want to hear what I'm doing. And if I sit there and judge myself all day, I'll never put anything out. And yeah. I know guys are so good guys and girls that are so good that sit in their basement and they write great music and no one fucking hears it and oh dude like, there's some artists that, in our scene that are know, really bad like that just uber perfectionists yeah, so. and it's like man you gotta you gotta just put that shit out there at least as a patreon like if you don't think it's that good make a deep cuts album that some super fan will pay big money for come on some sometimes yeah people get very uh, i'm thinking about vectroid to be specific um, we got some mm. questions in the chat, man. I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, Videodrome, who rated us, by the way, thank you, Videodrome, wants to know how you overcome writer's block. And Videodrome also yeah. asked earlier on what your favorite piece of equipment is. Oh, good question. So, writer's yeah. block, I get asked that a lot, the writer's block question. And like I was saying, you know, I'm constantly down on myself think i fucking suck think i'm not good enough and i have to just what i tell people is i have to prove myself wrong all the time i True. To, you know i i let my mind fuck with me and then when i get in the studio i realize oh i'm good you know i'm nice. i'm better than i i feel and i try to trick myself you know yeah. what i mean so the writer's block thing i try to go out of different ways i mean sometimes i'll take a break but often i think and that's i think what people usually say I think sometimes it's good to just fucking power through it, you know, and like 
you know, I, I know that's not great advice sometimes because people be like, well, no, you should really take a moment and, you know, but sometimes when I like just keep going, I kind of break through that wall and oh, I yeah. actually come out with something that's good or I'll make a mistake that ends up being a good mistake and then it's for sure. something or, you know, um, there's no like absolute fix, um, but just I think you got to be easy on yourself. Like, don't judge yourself too yeah. crazy. Yeah, listen just to what all of your uh, rabid fans are saying. Don't listen to what that crazy, that that voice that I has mean, the even today, like, imposter even syndrome today, I type little, bullshit. I had a rant on Twitter. I was, you know, I was pissed <laughs> off at, you know, something. And I let my emotions get all crazy. But, like, that's just fucking being human. And, you know, uh, I think that... that just this all this whole thing is ups and downs peaks and valleys that's just part of yes. it so writer's block is just part of the, the process you know what i mean uh it'll come and it'll go and very true yeah okay i i have a question oh um, wait no wait 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 I, yeah favorite on, piece of equipment it. sorry real oh, quick oh my gosh drone. yes please of course i didn't forget course, video uh, drone i remember yes, yes yeah question. fuck yeah video drone. um favorite piece of equipment that's tough. i'd like to know you that know, as well actually I mean, because that's like, I mean, I could pick an instrument, which I love all, you know, all my synths why, and stuff. Why don't you do it like this? One that's like your workhorse that you use a lot. And one yeah. that's just your favorite. Something that wouldn't have. be hotel pools without. Oh, man. Well, I mean, fuck. I've changed my setup a lot throughout the, the last few years. But I'd say on the last few records, I bought this piece of gear. It's called a Neve Master Bus Processor. Um, and I master my my records with that. I've mastered a few other guys. I just did the new um, Makeup and Vanity set record. I just mastered. No uh, way. I got to interview but, that guy years ago. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He is. Um, this is Dallas, Texas cool represents. I'm, I'm Googling it right now. What? What's the equipment again? What was that it's one again? It's called a Neve Master Bus Processor. Um, it's basically a stereo compressor, and then it has a stereo field section, which is for controlling your middle and your side. Oh, um, these guys. Yeah, yeah. these things are so it's sweet. It's just a great, really, really nice sounding compressor. And then the Neve stuff has this button called Silk, which is basically like a saturation type thing, um, harmonic thing, and you can focus on the low or the high. And I've been doing, I mastered Palmscapes with it, I did Baked with it, and I just find it's like... It, oh, you do your own mastering. Just, yeah, I, I do fucking it all, man. I, I don't... Mm. Yeah, I do it all. I mix it. I master it. I, I respect that. Um, yeah. And I've done... And I, there's nothing against using other... You know, I've used other people to do that stuff, too. But I'm just in the zone. That's just what I do these days. I don't like to wait on anyone. I just don't. Uh, love it. Wow. Yeah, yeah very, no, very I... Cool. Oh, I... These Portico things. Yeah, I heard of these um, a lot They're favorite i'll say my favorite synth i mean i love my monopoly but i'll say my favorite synth over the last couple years has been the uh the moog matriarch it's just a oh, yeah? fabulous moog makes um, a damn good synth man i don't even play synths. it's a great it's a great instrument it's just it's just the sound of it it has almost a 70s feel and i just feel like um the palmscapes record wouldn't sound like it does without that synth so um, it's really like been a synth that is just I always come back to it um, I just finished a record that I haven't really talked about much it's I'll talk to you a little bit about it yeah please do hush, hush, but, uh, 
It's a collaborative record, so it's me and one other artist in my genre, um, and we did a whole album, um, and it'll be out on Stratford uh, in a few months. So Ooh. Um, Ooh, I love it when people that. collaborate in that. Like Flavio Labar did an album with like Franchi. I I don't know how you pronounce it, but somebody, yeah, which was really and it was cool. real yeah, it was good. Really cool. So I'm yeah. excited to hear this whatever is this is. You know, this is. So many questions. kind of. Um, it's good. I don't want to tell. I mean, it's. I'm really proud of it. I'm happy with it. So. Very excited about it. I, I I have to start asking some questions now. Yeah, but my first question is going to have to be, you know, we've we've gone. We've talked a little bit about how you started getting into music and the first kind of music you made. But I want to know what um what was this? What made you decide to start getting into synthesizers in general? Was it the M83 album? Was there something else? What were what made you start to pursue that instead? I know I you mentioned like you wanted to start making something instead of the sample. Yeah based uh, hip-hop uh, uh, tracks, but what made you decide to start getting into synths in general? You know, like, synth, the, the the sound of synthesizers has always been something I loved in music, like mm. whether it was my so mom fun. playing yeah. old records, you know, or, um, or, you know, just growing up, I loved how they sounded. And then um, as I was writing, you know, like hip-hop obviously uses a lot of synths, um, you know, and so I would always hear little little sounds and i'd be like what is that or like now when i hear those things like in like on the chronic or something i'll be like well, oh, say, was, i was about to say like the g funk the, the uh, albums and such like that. i think the chronic is all he has that was all original instrumentation or a lot of it was original instrument instrumentation on the chronic i wouldn't i bet it is you know but as a kid i'm just hearing sounds that i like you know? that, like any but, uh, sound you want you can make so why wouldn't so anyone that's be a fan what, so you, um, so go ahead. You were saying though. Yeah. So I, I don't know like an exact moment I was like since or for me, but I think it was just like um, as I the last project I did, which was a kind of a electro poppy thing, um, heavy synth um, focused, um, and um, I don't know. I mean, what got me into like this stuff was honestly I've said it before. I was on YouTube, found Electronic Gems. Um, Hell yeah! I think the first Electronic track. gems, absolutely. Electronic yeah, first gems. couple of tracks I heard were um, the dude with the fucking Asian symbols. Um, I'm gonna forget his name. Memorex, Memorex. Hate me. No, uh, Sun was the name of the song. Um, fuck, I'm gonna have to go. Electronic gems and like majestic casual. Majestic like casual. Go Thank to you. I was trying to remember the name. Gems. Oh, but Majestic Casual Electronic Gems were like the, especially in like the early 2010s, those were like the two they places They curate I a went to damn a good playlist. On YouTube. And, and to check out. Midwest yeah. Collective uh, and Fixed have some great stuff kind of in that vein, what is it? too. Wait, what, what's the old oh, right now? What it's, is this? it's a home song. Oh, it's you, Utsu. It's you, Utsu. That guy is great. Oh, nice. I oh, love yeah. that. So, His albums run a little we quiet, were, but we other than that. to collaborate. Oh, you collaborate. Like, oh, why when didn't I you? first started, he's a very, he's an eccentric dude. I don't even know where he's at now. But when <laughs> I first started Hotel Pools, he hit me up and we worked on something. And he was like, no, I don't like this. Never mind. It was like very, like, <laughs> that's was so like, oh, that's such a plumber, bro. Uh, but, wow. And then Voyage, uh, Paradise. I used Voyage to, I is good as shit. Yeah, great. Um, and, you know, of course, I heard Home, too. It wasn't yeah. the first one I heard, but I love that track. Um, 
And then I was like, I was kind of in my room, like, fuck, I could do this shit. Like, let me, I love this kind of stuff. I love how warm and just like saccharin it all sounds. It's like a warm glass of sugary lemonade, you know? Yeah, it's got that, everyone's going for that Tate saturation, you know? And and I love that too. I'll fucking take it. I'll drown in this shit. Honestly, I've been working on, Um, not lately, but I want to do a DJ set of all of that, that vibe. Just too gentle to be synthwave, but like... And and two like experimental to be chill wave, you know. I just love that vibe. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd be interested to see that. Um, my next question is: I just really actually have a question about how do you go about with your collaborations? What? How do you exchange your files back and forth? Who does what? How, how does? I am always like always very flummoxed as to how to collaborate sometimes with people. But what do you do? You have a technique that you do with people. Do you do you guys just organize like who's going to start the track? Do you have someone? Does someone come in and they already have something they've worked on a little bit? Like, do you want to take a look question. at this? How does it go for you normally? Yeah, it's kind of gone full all of those ways. I mean, sometimes um, it'll be an idea that I've started, like the track Hideaway. Uh, with uh, Croja, I started Very the cool. idea, and in my head, I was like, he'd fucking kill this, and I sent it to him, and he loved it, and he just, like, added all these parts that were amazing. Usually, it'll be someone sends a demo, it's got a few pieces to it, shorter, and then the next person person will usually um, uh, arrange it into, a, like, a full track, add okay. parts. Um, they might send it back. That person adds stuff. You know, it can mm-hmm. go back and forth a few times. Usually with me, I like to mix and master them. So I like to like be the last stage. Oh, you get the, the final say. I see. I see. Yeah, I it's you. not that I get the final say, but I just like to mix and master it. So, and unless the other person doesn't want me to, but usually they they want me to. So, right. like I just like to do that. Um, I think that's but a good it's thing. Very collaborative. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never finish a song without the other person being fully invested in liking everything about the track. Um, like the the record I just finished, you know, we were going back and forth. They live in a different country, um, and yeah, we just, you know, it, it it's usually I'm not sending a session. I'll send like I'll bounce my my tracks into waves and send them, or vice versa. Um, so you'll send so. stems, or you'll send a, uh, uh, the full track. I will bounce every single track out, usually. Um, if it's a drum bus that has a certain compression to it, I'll, I'll bounce the bus out. Nice. Um, but um, And then I'll take off anything on the master bus that might be affecting things so that when I get it back, it's not doubling those effects. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, um, it goes both ways. I mean, there have been many times where I'll have the idea started or the other person does. This, this newest record I just finished, um, he had sent me like 15 demos. Some of them were oh, very cool. short little pieces. Some of them were a little more flushed out. And I went on this stint where I was, I'd pick one, put it up, write a track. And I did that every day. I had like, that's wow. very cool, man. I, I probably had eight or nine days where I wrote a song a day. And we finished the album in about a month and a half. Oh, wow. Uh, you have an, ex- you have an extraordinary work ethic. Very proficient. <laughs> you have an extraordinary work ethic, No, it's ethic, crazy, man. too, because I think it's just where I kind of let go of, of being ultra critical. And then having some of the skill kind of match up with that, you know, as I started to catch up with my mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, in the studio, 
I just try to be, I try to treat it like a little bit like a job. I like to start in the morning. That's smart. I like to take a break. I like to work again for a bit. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, and I have a wife and a kid. This is what I do oh, every day. Congratulations. But I'm lucky. I, mean, I, I, um, I work hard at it and, and I, I'm serious about it. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people don't really treat it like, you know, we just moved and I meet a neighbor. What do you do? I'm like, I'm a musician. They're like, that's like what you do. I'm like, yeah, that's what I fucking do. I want to be like, like, Oh, so you don't have a day job. That's what you do. That's what I do. It's what I've done for many years. I love that. I mean, even, even, I mean, there were years ago, um, um, after it's the like last if you're project. not like fucking Rihanna, they're like, "What you make music?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I don't man, think it, whole I don't think it connects. Doing this, yeah. right? But um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had nine to fives. I've struggled hardcore. I mean, before Hotel Pools, I've said before I almost quit writing music because I didn't feel like it was being responsible to my family because I was making no money and no one gave a shit about what I did and. I was working at a juice stand for like a year and a half and I was depressed and um, and then and then yeah, I I to continue off the electronic gems thing, I said, Well fuck, I love this music, I could do that. And I I sat down at the time I was using Reason a lot, which I still use all the time. Any any new producers out there I'll always push Reason, it's a great program to get started in. Um, but anyway, I wrote Coast, which was the first track I put out in probably three or four hours. And hmm. um, part of what Hotel Pools was, was an experiment for me to let go and not judge my own music and just put mm. it up. Right. I came from I a project that. where we had, we had a record contract, so we had to wait. Like, we would finish a record and we'd send it to them and it would come out three years later like Jesus. no Jesus. oh my Jesus. god wait Jesus. wait wait okay that's terrible that fascinating all right hold on now wait pause for one second so your previous act had this record contract now i have a question what has your experience been comparing to like this sort of record contract world where you have to where you're beholden to this to i don't know kind of working on your own terms and collaborating with people at stratford court Fucking what is the like, yeah what's i mean the i want to like i want to rip my clothes off and just like have the light shine down on me that's how good wow. i'm would oh, you yeah. recommend that artists go go this path with staying with these um i mean you know, i'm very, not gonna like, say i'm not gonna say it's not hard but i tell every artist that I, every young artist... You're a successful wanna, artist, you know what I mean? And, like, you're doing well, this success with, with the record label Stratford Court, and, you know, uh, that's, like, a very, you know, accessible, uh, you know, kind of homegrown record label that started and true. has built themselves up to what they are now, as opposed to yeah. this sort of corporatized, sign this contract, we'll release it when we want to release it. Like, you know, keep going with this... Uh, this no, and Andrew and I have meeting. always... <laughs> Yeah, we've Andrew and I have always worked off of a handshake. We've never signed anything. I mean, we have a great working relationship, as opposed to the label stuff, which my experience was just shit. I mean, they screw you. We signed a three hundred and sixty deal. Um, we got an advance that we thought was great, That's, but really they it's just a shame, take, man. they just take it off the top of everything you're getting. So mm, yeah. it really doesn't it doesn't matter. There's... And when you get when you get that chunk that you think's great, you're not going to get any more for a while. Right. Wow. Our, my last project was based, we lived off of TV licensing. So my last project, we had a lot of songs on like Grey's Anatomy and fucking 
oh, Gossip wow. Girl and other TV shows. And that's how we lived. We were like a studio project that lived off of those checks. And mm. um, when the label got involved, they tried to change the music. They tried to make it more pop. The first really? record we did. They, the they got that heavily involved. Did, the first, go check it out. It's rubbing hands all over it. It's called, it's called Macintosh Braun. Um, Macintosh Braun. My last name's Braun. It's called Macintosh Braun. B-R-A-U-N? Um, yeah. Macintosh it was my friend Braun. Ian Macintosh. Yeah, it was Very my cool. friend Ian Macintosh and me. Um, the first record, we were heavily inspired by, like, Postal Service. We wanted to do, like, Very ambient cool. music that had kind of clickety beats and, like, kind of low-fi. Little micro-glitch type vibe. Um, and it's really cool. Oh, and, and our main thing was vocoders, like, Love Imogen Heap, heavy vocoders on Very all the vocals. Very cool. Uh, and then the label got involved. They wanted us to be poppier. They wanted us to write more pop songs. They wanted. They had their hand in everything. And if we didn't do that, they'd shelve that track. You know? Wow, really, bro? Yeah. Oh or the a the A and R guy was a prick, and he'd you know we'd have a track we'd like, and he'd be like, yeah, I don't know if I see that for the record. Let's we'll talk about that in a bit, you know. And I'd how constraining. You know, there's somebody in our scene that recently kind of went big and and got signed. No names, but, like, I was talking to them, and they were talking about how it ain't all it's cracked up to be. They low-key kind of regret it. Yeah, I think it's a lot of... I think um, artists are kind of... We come up in this world, we think we're supposed to get signed, and that's how you get money, and that's how you get big. Like people telling all the kids to go to college, you know. But I think these days, the power is owning your art and 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 keeping it not don't like don't sell your publishing don't sell your master i just had some fucking guy he kept bugging me on email and i finally talked to him and he was nice but he wanted to release a record and take half the master and i was like no i don't do that anymore and it feels good to say that because years ago at, you know, if I was 25 and someone said, here's 50 grand and, and here's a record contract, I might do it. But I would tell that same kid to say no to that because the only reason they're offering you that is because they know they're going to make way more. And if they don't, they don't care. They'll write it off and you're another right. fucking one that didn't happen. You got to ask yourself, Labels, why are they giving you $50,000? Like, well, Labels are in the business of making money. They don't break mm-hmm. new artists. Like, that is a lottery like kind of thing that's For a them, hot them putting time and energy into a new artist to actually like put the attention that a new artist needs and the time that a new artist needs they don't do that that's not part no. of, of what they expect you money. to bring that so yeah it's one and done a new artist gets one record they get a little bit of time if it doesn't pop off you're done and you mm-hmm. get no attention. They're just throwing everything so, at the wall to see what still, sticks. You're still locked into a 360 deal. Fuck you're that. still not able to move forward and do anything else you want to do. I had, I luckily was able to get out of my publishing deal with Warner Chapel before I started Hotel Pools. And if I didn't, Thank God. I would have been fucked. So, wow, you know, this is really I, fascinating. Yeah, I, I um, own Hotel Pools, I own the music, I own the publishing. And that's important to me. That's more important than fucking a million dollars right now. I mean, fascinating. Yeah. Hey, so, Soft Rebels so, has a really good question based on No, 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 not yet. Not yet. He's got two Wait, questions. No, 
No, I think you wait. This is I can ask one of thought them. right now. This is real. No, no, this is really interesting stuff, and we need to continue. Sorry, this is replica. important information. This isn't soft replica. I love you. You're a phenomenal artist. You're going to have to wait. This I love very, you, soft replica. He's, he's phenomenal. Hotel but this is a very replica. important. This is very important advice for up and coming producers right now. This is very interesting, fascinating stuff that we that he's talking about that you don't really get to speak to a lot of people who have been True. on the side and to get and have been able to successfully navigate out of it as well. So my question then is, when you decided to leave, how did you do that? How did you get out of this publishing deal? Um, so it wasn't easy. I had to get lawyers involved and we had to navigate. You had I to get the... lawyers involved? Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. It was a contract. I you mean, they, you had to. How did you even like? Did you how did you find the lawyer to use? Like this is like a big deal, um, and that so could be like first. I there was actually someone said you know there may be a program that helps people with um, attorney call you know that helps people that don't know what they're doing or people in the arts. There actually was something. Oh badass! And I met with the I met with the lawyer. No, but it wasn't because he didn't know shit. He basically looked at it and was like, I don't know what this is. Oh, my so, God. Well, I can imagine I those was, contracts are so difficult yeah. to interpret. Oh, yeah. Not for like the layman at all. Yeah. What's just, new? It's done like that on purpose to lock out the artists and yeah. you know, from, from retaliating and, and claiming their own identity. So you, the first so one the didn't publishing, work. The, the, the woman who, who owned the company, Alex, was that, is actually a good person. And she cared about us as writers. And I think she knew that I wanted out wanted to do other stuff but it's still business so mm -hmm. basically i just got creative we figured out that we would give them a small portion more of the macintosh brawn publishing in yeah. perpetuity forever to okay. let us out so they wow. got an extra right. they we made a an concession extra, for your freedom yeah we made a concession and then literally <laughs> six months to nine months later i started hotel pools awesome. i had no idea that was going to happen you know, but if I didn't, they would have owned half or what was it, thirty-five percent of everything wow. I did. Everything would have everything. Had to you can't even have a side that. project. Like, yeah, no, that's the thing no, about these contracts is they own your identity. That's so shitty. Bullshit. I didn't even realize Guys, this. Do not sign to major labels. They are evil. They have always been evil. I'm tired of us pretending they're not, and here think, we go. I Listen think to the our only here. reason to sign to a major label is if you are already making a shitload of money, yes. and they can make let they can make you an extra shitload of money. Now that makes that perfect sense. I think of an too. example like Death Cab for Cutie for something like that, which is an artist that was on like Barsook wow. Records for about their first four albums before they signed to a major. They already had a following. They already they didn't require a major label, but. At that point, they had proven themselves that they could create a following. Oh, yeah, Sigaross did that too. They had a following, and they had, yes, yeah, Sigaross as well. That or they like had some a of the hip hop guys, or like Cash guys. Money, who yeah, would sure. sell a million uh, CDs out of the back of their car. They were already making millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Then you then you sign because they have the marketing and promotional okay. power to fund They have the upper hand. hand. So then my next yeah. question now, you're out of the contract, you, 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 you're, you're vindicated at this point. What makes you, wh who do you decide to go to next? How do you choose Stratford Court? How do you, oh, yeah, how did you, too. what was, you know, what's your next step? You were just signed, yeah. you, have, you have this deal with Warner Brothers, you're in Grey's Anatomy. Skelly like, out here writing your this. auto, it's, your it's biography. It's a lie, it's, 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 it's fucking bullshit, it's a lie. They're trying to take my soul. I've got my soul back. 
What's your next step? What do you do? What's I mean, the next step? I just, contact this I man for all your biography needs. I, I just wanted to write music that, like, without anyone else's input, you know, whether it be no collaborator. Collaborator. I well, I've been working with someone for many years in that project. Right. And I love the guy and I love working with him. Oh, but I wanted right. to like own it myself for a second. And if I fucked that's up, fair. it was on me. And like, it, you know, so um, the Stratford Court thing was, I think Andrew. Andrew just he finds good music. I mean, he I think he he's very good at a unified sound. Extremely yeah. good at curating. I think he messaged me on SoundCloud and was like, so I he really contacted like, you. I think so. I have to this was 2018, which seems like 20 years ago, but it really wasn't. That's when I started <laughs> this. It was only 4 years ago, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. but uh but yeah, I and we kind of went back and forth a bit and then I remember I was like, well, why don't I take all my singles and we'll make an album and I'll call it Fall 18 because I wrote them in the fall of 2018. And he was like, yeah, yeah let's do sure. it. So we we did that and um, and it went so what, well. So what made you decide? Okay, so you, what made you decide to choose Stratford Court? Like what you? I just I mean, liked him and I I felt like he oh, actually. Uh, I I just trust my instincts, man. That's like he does work like, for his artists. He, he certainly does. I mean, Andrew, yeah. I mean, you can choose a better person than Andrew. And yeah. um, so you just, you he reached out to you. You liked the way he approached you. You appreciated what he'd been curating over there. And you're like, you know what? Yeah. This is how I'll give my shot here and let's see how it goes. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I'm right. not like, cool. I didn't, I have not been, you know, a Stratford aficionado since the start. Like I'm not, you know, I've not been heavy into the scene before I started Hotel Pools. I mean, um, I you know, I, I, I like... Um, I mean, I had heard like the Vectroid stuff, and like I had heard um, what, like the the Blank Banshee record. The I people think. who yeah. need to be here somehow find their way into this. They world. do. You know what I, I mean? They get yeah, drawn I in mean, by somebody, you. and like it was just, Welcome yeah, it finds you. you know what I, I mean, like Andrew, Andrew found you. He's good at finding, you know, good music, and and yeah. he's good at curating and. And little did I know that he was an amazing artist. And uh, well, you didn't even know that. I don't think when we first started talking, I did. The fall cover was a picture I took in California. Yeah, it's like a palm right tree, right? It's just a palm tree that I think I did it on my phone, and then he fit it to the vinyl and made it like the back and designed everything. But then with Constant, the second record, that's when he really like that album cover is so fucking everything. cool. Yeah. Like I, I mean, wish somebody hard. would make that, what? but in real life, hey. like a little diorama what? that you could like have. Yeah, that know. was a cool back and forth, like with the whole Love water it. cube and the whole thing. Like we, that was very cool how we kind of went back and forth with that. Well, this is a fascinating story. And Bro. Isaac, do you want to go back? And yeah, get let me get soft replicas questions. Uh, oh, sorry to, to so sorry, but this is just this was just very no. You're right. For um, upcoming producers. That, like, you guys you know, need to hear what really this wise man has to say. Soft Let's Replica to wants to know. Bitter, take it from a bitter old man like me. You should never <laughs> sign a record. Bitter Ben. There you go, man. Wow. So Fucking Soft man. Replica wants what to know, um, do you man. find any creative limitations or stresses due to your music being your real job? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, really good question. Because I, I can't imagine I the pressure. I, I think I did more when I was super broke and i was and all the pressure was like how do i make money i think now that i'm able to like chill a little bit it's a little bit easier for me but um but it's not 
easy. I just try to like keep it separate. I don't know, man. It's hard. It's like um, I don't go sit down and go like, let me make some money today. Let me write a hot right. track and make some cash, you know. But that's um, a hot track. If I if I write a good song, um, you know, money signs flash in my eyes, you know. So um, nice. that was a joke. Uh, but no, I think it's just like I think it's just uh, part of doing something for a while and learning how to like, you know, maybe keep those things separate. Um, I don't really have a good answer for you because I just try to not think about it at any That's moment. That's a good answer. You know. Yeah, some, at any moment, this, you know, the, the whole thing could fall apart and I could be broke. So I don't really feel... There's a few people in our scene ever. that have quit their day jobs and it seems like it's really stressful, but ultimately rewarding. Yeah, I just don't ever feel like I'm on level footing. I feel like at any moment um, it could crash and I could be working at the grocery store. Um, so that's why I'm constantly in the studio trying to make music and write because... It's not only what I love to do, but I know that's how I'm going to keep pushing, you know? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So Soft Replica's second question, a little further back, uh, wants to know, uh, let's see, do you find it hard to produce, mix, and master your tracks without losing interest or perspective? Yeah, that's tough. The perspective thing is hard because it's, it's, it's not easy to hear your music with an unbiased ear. Like, you mm. can't Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. when you hear yourself yeah. talk and you hate your own voice, but other people don't really notice that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's hard for me to sometimes to um, have that perspective, but I just have to trust my ear. And and I kind of, like I said, I fall into a groove where I, I'm kind of not even thinking about it. I'm just going and... Um, hoping that the outcome is something I'm enjoying, but I try to not get bogged down with every little step along the way. I'm at this point, I'm just like making moves. Do you know what I mean? Does that Hell make yeah. sense at all? Yeah. Well, I mean, you said this is the culmination of years of, I, I like to call it screaming into the void personally, but you know, everybody has their own <laughs> phraseology. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. So that's, I've done that. Tell us a story about when you discovered your favorite act. Or like album or or even like favorite genre man um yeah well i mean finding this music was pretty outstanding i mean yeah. just finding the whole community um you know chill synth when it started was a discord group and i think okay did um, not know that i think, think four hill invited me it was a four hill nice i think like this where Four-hill. it was about 10 to 15 producers um, that were just trying to make shit happen. And that, so for me coming out of my experience, I respected these guys because they were all like early 20s. They didn't want to get signed. Mm-hmm. They were taking ownership to try to make some shit happen for themselves, like as a group, as a community. So they started this playlist on Spotify called Chill Sense. And we were all on the Discord together as it was blowing up. Like, thousand then it had two thousand then it had five that we were like whoa this was at a point where none of us had any following on spotify i mean you know all of us were pretty much unheard for the most part maybe allison was a bit more heard of like Um, emil rottmeyer but um yeah but he was not involved in this oh really oh Um, disappointing not surprising 
not on the Discord. Not at least he wasn't on the Discord. So um, from you know they created this thing that then spurred actual movement on Spotify for us, which wow. was like for me was like so cool. I was like, man, these fucking kids are like, you know, fuck a label. They don't need. You know, they're just going to do it, and I love that. And it and caught so, on, kind of like um, lo-fi hip-hop. Like, people noticed. Well, it's become a genre that people, like, you know, classify as chill synth, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. cool, you know, whatever. Um, I just loved that it was a community of guys that were, like, taking ownership of their music and, you know, like, screw the the machine or whatever they wanted to try to make their own way and i wanted to be a part of that i thought that was inspiring you know what i mean yeah it's a whole it's a scene you know what i mean it's a scene i always like that i always like to see these things and people when you dig dig into these things it's it's a scene of people even more so than it is a genre i mean and then that scene of people is like buttressed up against another scene of people and then you know what i mean we and it's all like kind of in the same little kingdom and it's it's interesting it's fun to see everybody friends with each other and everybody exchanging Those ideas. Those super inviting, like, scenes really need... There needs to be more scenes like that. I mean, the Vaporwave scene is like that. Um, I wasn't aware that the chill synth scene was so inviting, and I, I love to hear that, honestly. Um, I think it's like anything. As, 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 you know, you get more popular and as people are getting... There's competition, you know, and fair. that's natural, and... And, and I get that, you yeah. know, but I think we're all, in a sense, we're all kind of trying to do this together. I know mm. that sounds corny, but like, no, we're all just all. trying to like, kind of, kind of, um, be the, the people that are, you know, able to do this with tons of money and tons mm-hmm. of backing and, you know, um, uh, Spotify, who has a lot of mixed interests with companies they own that also make the music for spotify i mean there's like all kinds of messed up stuff going on wait so, what, oh, what? Artists, there are artists that are owned by spotify that are trying wait what did you just say so there are so, that again so there are there <laughs> are um this there are companies there's company in particular i just got off the phone with a music distributor who it's a, a company in nashville very like indie company that might put out the next record i'm doing just distributing Wait. instead of dis- that, i have i have questions about that when we're done too. continue that yeah. about the other thing so saying. he was telling me that spotify has um there's a company that basically they have a lot of artists that make the music that spotify is playlisting and wow. spotify also owns a piece of that company so <laughs> Oh boy, it, it, that's it, really that's rough. That's very kind of fucked up. And so, yeah. how our system is rigged in so many different ways. Yeah, it's you know what I mean? Exactly. So, like, artists like so us rigged. that are trying to get heard on these massive playlists that will, in turn, get us, you know, yeah. um, listened to by more people, it's hard to break through those barriers when there's so many things holding us back. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, for sure. Sometimes I look at these playlists that are specifically for certain scenes and yeah whether you know and i i like i'll know these guys i'll know these guys i know they're friends with each other and then there'll be like a random one on there that i'm like oh who the fuck is this like where did they come from right industry yeah. plant i see I that think. on i do i see that shit on like the vaporwave playlist and the future funk playlist too once in a while and i'm like who is this like i'm like always i'm like struggling to get on these yeah when they added skeleton and, lipstick yeah. to that young bay playlist i was like industry plant 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I got to add to the playlist. I got to add to the playlist. This is what. I'll well, hey, you. Spotify just gave me the "This Is Hotel Pools" playlist. Oh, what? Yeah, time. that's what I'm. Hey, about time. Um, somebody asked Billboard charting artist. Someone should give him that. Hey, guess a good question. How did you feel when your when your album charted on Billboard? That was yeah, been no shit, right? Man. So fun. That was a fun experience. Crack. I called Andrew. And you got it did. without being on that fucking big record label. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. Um, and I know since then, Billboard, because I remember talking to the guy um, a little after that um, to ask him um, how it would be possible to chart again. And they changed the way that things chart now. So I don't know if I'd be able to chart now. But yeah, it was the electronic. It, you did. That's what counts. I did. I you charted did. on the electronic sales something. Out. Um, billboard it was, charted. You know, it was like, it That's was, it was because of Bandcamp, Hotel man. Pools it was really? Like a win. Yeah, it was, Bandcamp was huge for that. Um, and I remember calling Andrew. I don't even think we had spoken on the phone yet. Like it was all via email or like Instagram chat or whatever. Yeah. And his voice, he's so funny. He's like. Hey, what's up? Like he's such a surfer right. on the phone. And I was like, dude, fuck. I was, so he's like, I was like, dude, fucking Bill. He's like, whoa, dude, fuck, man. Like, like he was, it was so funny. He's so um, funny. But he's a great guy. But yeah, I mean, that was that was just super like unreal for me. I uh, I don't know. I felt kind of weird even saying it because it was like just strange but it was cool you know it's it's um, monumental man honestly i mean out of our scene obviously there was the macintosh plus you know lisa F- frank 420 song that was on vines and stuff and home residence you know and i'm still other home, than that i mean residence is still uh, and a lot of people like, will still say oh that's not vaporwave but i mean who cares you know whatever man what do you I think about genres vaporwave. anyways do you like genres how I, do you vaporwave feel about shouldn't that? even be i just, i consider vaporwave like a scene once again i know i mean i and, and just, we've discussed you know, that I, on and off and i thoroughly agree with you i want to know what, what do you think ben i we, we talked a bit about it yesterday when little we bit. met like i i'm um I don't mind it. I don't because I think it's natural to want to categorize stuff and and it yeah. you know it, it and so that's fine but um I've always just thought of myself as an electronic artist. So like I just make electronic music whether it be chill wave or chill synth or synth wave or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't ever really correct anyone. I'm just like if you're listening to it and you like it then that's cool. I'm kind of one of those guys. I don't sure. cool. argue with people over what's vaporwave. Like I just don't it doesn't matter enough to no. me for me to really like Right. It's kind of subjective anyways. I, I I just like this big collection of people who are somewhat associated with each other that listen to each other and play each other's music and get ideas from each other True. and exchange uh, conversations back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like great. the idea of scenes better than actual genres at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, you know I, I do mean? too, man. And that's what all, yeah. all that's what all of this is at the end of the day. It, at the end of the day, this is a giant big scene and you can specify the genres or the sounds you know, however you want. But like we are talking to like so many different people. We're all like only one or two degrees away from each other at the end of the day. And that's the... Yeah, well, exactly. He's two I'm degrees away from like, I, I think about Hall. like grunge. I think... You know, I'm going to quote iClick again, who talks about like, well, like, you know, grunge isn't actually like a sound so much as it's a scene. So, uh, yeah. was and that's like, that was like Chilson, you know, that started as sure. a scene. It was it's, a way for us to 
communicate and share ideas and post it's a cohesive community like yeah there's the unity around the sound but there's also like a very real palpable community too that's the best part about it in my opinion i mean as a dj obviously i like genres because then i can play a bunch of stuff that works with hotel pools memorex memories home Flavio Labar, but at the end of the day, it's the community that matters more than anything. I think we oh, all agree. Sure, yeah, I'm pretty absolutely. sure everyone I'm, in the chat and everyone listening would thoroughly agree. Yeah, you know, I mean, like particularly as a DJ, and you know, as you, yourself and, and myself as well with Terminally Chill Party, um, you know, it's about like finding the ideas and sounds that work with each other and moving from one way, one producer's sound to another producer's sound and curating that vibe. And the fact of the matter is that all these people sort of blend in with each other in some way. Right. You know what I mean? Their yeah. scene like, just doesn't yeah, use any comments. I will be playing comment. chill synth music and then I will move to some uh, you know, some some other stuff. I'll move into some future funk. I'll move into some vaporwave. I'll move into some There's chill there's wave. one hotel pool some... song. I think it's called Flare. Like the s- very end of the song you like pitch that shit down and drop the the like the tempo like to like yeah, half time and I was my, just like um... I love that. Love that so yeah, much. Yeah, that's my. Um, I did that a couple times on that record because that was an actual cassette. Like, I oh, just recorded wow. the track to cassette and then I it back. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. That's love that. No, hey, I have to ask. More, I got to ask a question. Well, you he mentioned went away. just being on the phone. Oh, I'll let, let him do his thing. But I want to ask him. I want to get down to the nuts and bolts about you know. You, you know oh buddy. wow! Wow! Oh, for anyone that's listening on podcasting services, oh yeah, you want to tell them nice. what that is? It had a cassette tape in it. It's just a, it's just a four track. It's a little. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know because I don't four track. Okay, see everybody. I, everybody knows. I, I, I do that occasionally too with my music, and I have this guy right here who's oh, uh, wild. Oh, that's, that's, for the studio, and I'll, I'll run synthesizer. I'll run my synthesizer okay. through this occasionally as well. Yeah. So that's Sick what I did. Fuck. I just ran the whole track through that, and then at the end of the track, I slowed it back. Like, I was just, whatever. At that point, I was just like, yeah. It's a feeling, dude. It's such a right. goddamn vibe, yeah. dude. So, so, all right, my question is, you know, you are someone who is a successful producer. You have done a very good job at being successful. What are your recommendations to people about who they should hire or, or reach out to help them with their career? I talked to you. We talked to Uniwa yeah, a little Uniwa. about this too, and it's just like, you know, should you be looking at a manager? Should you be looking at a publicist? Should you be looking at a distributor? Should you be who? Should you be putting your in, investing your, your your money or time into that's yeah. going to help you the most? Man, in this that's particular tough, day and age, is it the distributor? Is it the publicist? Is it a branding yeah. firm? Like, and how do you know who's good and who's going to get you and who doesn't? So that's my yeah, question. Yeah, Uni had some strong for, for opinions. For me as I'm well, I'd like to too. know the I like to know the answers to these sorts yeah. of things. Do you have some perspective Speak on that? Speak to us, a I mean, wise one. Yeah. Uniwa told me like a good distributor is who, is who he likes. But what do you? think? I would agree. I would agree with that too because I've had you know in the whole label time. Um, I remember them telling me what they were spending money on. You know, you get in it, you get a certain budget for each record, uh-huh. you know, and they would, they would go over what things were being spent on. And a lot of times, you know, pu- publicists are really all about favors and like who you know. So it's like if you're a new band oh, and you're paying everywhere. for a publicist, if you're if you're paying for a publicist and you get a couple cool articles it's really not gonna do a whole lot like it's it's it might be cool and it might be a way to like build some history or something but um i've always had you know guys ask me what to spend money on or like they spent money on a publicist 
and then they got a few things and then nothing happened there was nothing actually like moved the wow. needle for them that's, you know it's sad to hear changed their uh streams didn't whatever it didn't impact them in a way that they thought was worth it um so i think i'd agree i think a good distro i mean i've used distro kid this whole time they don't Seems do anything like special for me um they just are very cheap you, you just use just that's all you do is use distro kid yeah um i'm just about to start um trying a different uh company that's exclusive that has relationships for playlisting and stuff but yeah i've just used distro kid and um because my thing was like don't spend any money on anything that's not you and investing in yourself so like i was trying to do everything as cheap as i could do it you know um so then how did you so so you haven't reached you never had anybody that you reached out to or or helped you with something to maybe get you a little bit more attention i mean what did you what did you do you didn't use a distributor you don't have a publicist how did you get did you just email people did you just send things out did you have somebody well talk to to I, I mean the biggest to get your music biggest, heard by more people the 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 initial biggest push was electronic gems i mean the uh, fact that oh yeah that they've got dan some pull for had, sure yeah I mean, wow so it was, so it was really, literally the youtube channel that helped the most well dan believed in me and, and i kept sending him stuff and he posted like he's posted a ton of my music but early on he was posting a lot of my stuff and that was the biggest thing that helped me i mean that oh, yeah. really like got more ears on the it music. translates and into reviews and buys as i kept following up with more music and kept you know that was i think the most important thing was was continuing to write and continuing to deliver yeah man stuff so consistency with somebody who has a lot of who has who has a bit amount of so so consistency with someone who has a bit more of a following and influence like a youtube channel and consistently putting out things that that they would like and that you like and that they're they're, is that what you would say helped you the most like you found your target market well i went into it knowing that i was i wanted to write stuff that sounded that i was inspired by electronic gems the music that i heard on that on there and so it wasn't like i hadn't heard chill synth music before but it inspired me to just take a new path and like try it and then yeah i'd say he you uh dan was huge stratford court was huge i mean we really grew the vinyl part of that label together mm, I mean, yeah I yeah think wow. was, i'm telling you Paul those was, grassroots I, fans will buy that shit yeah i mean I, I i just feel like you gotta invest the most in yourself i'm not gonna lie there's a lot of fucking luck and timing involved in this whole thing you know there are a lot but, of really but people that work really great people that don't work hard that typically don't, don't get, get lucky murdered. though what's that I didn't mean to talk over you. People that don't work hard typically don't get lucky. I mean, I guess so, but I just think in general, there are a lot of great um, musicians and producers that won't ever get hurt. And and it's just because that's the way the world is, I guess. But I think if you are passionate and you truly love it, um, you should invest the most in yourself, like in your equipment, in your craft, in your time. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily spend a lot of cash right away on like other things. I just don't think it's necessary. I don't think you need to 
get a manager or get a publicist. I've had those things. I, I just, I, I don't think it's necessary unless you're really, really making a lot of money and you can make them money and they can like get you to that next level or something. But mm -hmm. um, I also just kind of, I don't really, um, I'm a, I always like, I'm a, I'm a people person, but I really don't like people. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel I, that. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm compassionate for people, but I don't really have much patience for bullshit, especially at you this point in my fools. life. You know, so I'd rather just do the shit myself and work with people that I want to work with and yeah. do what I want to do. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to depend on a publicist to make me, like, you know, to to be the thing that, that is going to be the, the defining factor or have a manager be the one that is taking 20% and whatever the fuck. I just don't, I just don't need that. I don't, I don't know. I just am not about that. I just want to do it myself. Ben, what is your least um, favorite trend in music right now? Man, I think the hip hop thing upsets me right now because like there's certain things I hear, but I grew up in like 90s hip hop music, like classic Damn. era. Like I used to go, I'm originally from New York. My dad's from oh, New sick. York. He used to take me, he used to take me to Manhattan in the 90s. We'd go to these like weird, like random shops. You go in literally like drug dealing. They'd bring, you'd be like, where are the mixtapes? They'd have a binder behind the counter. Oh, that's, that's so cool. A bunch of bootlegs and shit. Binder, you know, bootleg tapes. Um, like class they'd actually have like the mixtapes that the rappers oh, would put real out just mix to flex tapes. skills and before they do, it's so like the real copyright. real mixtapes that they would put out before they do the album where they would just sample some um or some bootleg shit beef. like the dj mix this dude's lyric oh, with well, that beat but you couldn't put that out you know how officially because it was illegal you know what i mean um or back then like a lot of like all the east coast like lost boys dmx all those like early 90s mid 90s hip-hop guys Nowadays, when I hear hip hop music, I it just I don't I get the beats like the beats knock hard, and I get some of that stuff. I mean, never underestimate a good hi hat roll. I I don't get the like the I don't know. I sound like a fucking old man. I just don't get some of the the lyricists like the the whole like um the what is it called the mumble thing like the whole that whole thing i just don't fucking i don't understand it. what do you think about hyper pop what does that even mean like like the hundred <laughs> the hundred gex type vibe have you heard hundred I mean, gex yeah i've heard i've have had because i've had people send it to me so i've heard i've heard a couple things i mean what can you throw anything else at me like any other artists like a lot of the I would say I'm not very good with the modern wave of hyper pop but like a lot of PC music stuff like Sophie you know the one that did Lemonade oh, okay. was kind so, of proto yeah, hyper pop like, like not like 8 bit but is it like super yeah, fast stuff kind of pitched yeah, really, up kind of night uh, 4 esque the fact that we can't really come up with too many other, you know, really long lasting, you know, uh, tested hyper pop acts aside from 100 Gex, I don't know what that, that says about the genre edge. at the end of the day. Oh, no, I don't know I'm what that says about the genre at the end of the day, if nothing else is really broken. What did I hear? It's, it's I Zoomer music, dude. Sophie's its own thing. I really AG don't even Cook, know, like. Hannah Diamond. I, I don't even, like, put that into it, into that. Girlfriend of the, of the year. Day. 
You we're like you're literally talking about stuff from like 2012. Yeah, right it was now. like no 2014 what? maybe. It's funny though because I do look up hyperpop acts and I listen to them and I'll look at their followings and it's like they appear to have a lot of followings. It's it's like followings. it's like really popular again, I, but I don't among see like, like touring that shit. much. I don't see them playing shows that often. Well, I guess I don't see that with a lot of things. I don't. Yeah, know. I wouldn't be the I wouldn't be the oh, first. I love hyperpop. <laughs> my favorite. I like hyperpop. I when I hear it, but I Qu- quiz true. says Nothing's it always really... sucks describing hyperpop to people because you name drop all these great artists and then you're like, imagine that, but every other artist in the scene is bad. <laughs> I yeah. Listen, I don't know. it's I'll have to. It's divisive. I do my homework. You know? That's why I asked because <laughs> it's divisive. You know. But hey, I appreciate that. Um, I know a lot, a lot of people are really tired of the whole trap beats. I mean, I think they bump. I like some of the I like it's a little overdone. I mean, here, yeah. Well, I like some of like the more ambient um, trap beats. The ones like you know something like um, like Cyber ninety eight. Yeah, or you like might hear in a Clams Casino song or something yeah. like that. Or they, they yeah, shout out Clams. I was to Young Lean all day. Young oh, Lean, great. fucks, dude. Do you listen to Absolutely. a lot of Sad Boy stuff? Like, do you like Blady or um, like Young Good or Young Sherman or anything? Or pretty much just don't stick even, to Lean. Don't even start naming other people. All I know is Young Lean. It's okay. I'm not trying to flex. <laughs> I was hoping I could geek out with you. Is all. Um, well, let me ask you this. Is there an artist within your scene that you would consider to be like an idol or a mentor? Man, a mentor? I don't know. I mean, me and my buddy Allison, we're pretty tight. He's, Love he's Allison. Allison's so pretty cool. I like Flavio quite a bit. Flavio's a pretty cool guy, just saying, but you know. Flavio's cool. I've, I haven't talked to him a whole lot, but he's very nice. Flavio Labar's a big supporter of mine. Not sure why, but you know, very cool. Um, yeah, I mean uh, Zane Alexander, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's a good makes buddy great of mine. shit. Memorex um, memories, that guy's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of good guys in the genre, um, and and a lot of talented people, you know. So I just, um, I think when I'm looking to collaborate with somebody, it's it's mainly because I like really feel like we. Either I have a track in mind, or I have a good feeling about that particular, you know, that particular moment working with that person. Um, so, you know, there are a couple guys I've worked with a few times, and it's just because um, it's been a good experience. And I don't think I've ever had a track not work out. Maybe one or two, but I've done Damn. a lot of them, and they usually always, you know, it's usually always a, a, a good outcome. So. Um, I love collaborating, there was, especially um, in this world. That last um, comp that Stratford put out, the um, the Australia one, right before the pandemic when they had all those Australian wildfires, Yeah, that one was huge. Like, solid yeah. gold, wall-to-wall, start-to-finish. I want to say there was one guy, I think he went by Peregrine, and he was actually in the fan club for uh, George Clanton. He's one of the, the bigger artists in our scene he had a pretty fire truck on there too to australia with love yeah that's right oh that's right yeah yeah that was good yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it was solid gold like it came out overnight and like all of it was so good like well tell me something like uh it could be a genre it could be an artist album whatever something that you used to be super into that you're just not anymore oh that's interesting a relic of your past 
Oh, wow. Well, when I was like, well, I grew up, I mean, early on, I was really into Led Zeppelin. I love okay. Led Zeppelin still. I don't, miss, I don't listen to them a lot anymore, but like when I was in fifth grade, that, I was all about that. But then I was super into my, my phase of like, you know, the offspring. Then this oh, was man. during yeah. the 90s. Gin Blossoms, you know. Oh, Gin Blossoms. I um, fuck with Gin Blossoms still. I'll listen to New Miserable Experience any day. Allison uh, Road. I used hey. to DJ a, a 90s uh, alternative dance party. And uh, oh, nice. uh, yeah, anytime I was like, yes, I got another opportunity yeah, hey, for me to throw on some Gin Blossoms. Hey, Jealousy. Hey, Jealousy. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jealousy. Um, <laughs> that. Uh, what about fucking. Um, uh, I'm trying to pull out some. I bet you were a huge POD fan. What? Oh, God, no, I, no, he wasn't. No, made, like, uh, shot in the no. Dark. All right, I can tell you right now. Just judging from Lincoln the fact that he likes Jim no. Blossoms, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that you, he did not. Really I'm gonna say that Bulls did not like new metal because he started off Come with Jim Blossoms. You didn't like new metal that. at all. No, I didn't you, either. Didn't really didn't get into that. But let me tell you a funny wow. story. Wow, uh, didn't either. At the at the when we were signed to. Uh, to the label we were at in the last project, the A and R guys claimed to fame. Whenever we'd be talking about stuff, be like, you know, I've discovered POD, <laughs> and I'm part of the reason. <laughs> I'm right. part of the reason that they're where they're at. You know, like I, we I all, we all. Pause after he said that. And I'd be, the the other end, like, I'd be on the other end. I'd be on the other. I was on the gross. other end of the phone. Like, you're not fucking helping at all. <laughs> Is that not, is so funny because like that's so tone deaf compared to like what you're doing and like what your interests yeah. are and what your music is to be like guys you should put your faith in me because I, I made P. an P. artist P. that you are P. in no way related to and in no yeah. way trying to carve into their right. seat into their yeah, like yeah, fan base uh-huh. and maybe so, trust me like I'll know how to handle your music what the fuck yeah no, no I, wasn't, I, did, I missed the whole that whole thing but you um, didn't miss it there was uh, nothing really to check out so Pacific Plaza really wants to know what happened to the Lady Gaga remix that you and Macintosh were working oh. on. Dude. Pacific oh yeah. Plaza. We got how um, he, how does he know? Because he's the Nardwar he know? of hot takes. He knows everything because Alex uh, is like the He's yeah. been on the show. Super Lady fucking Gaga. cool guy. He's been I on the show. Lady he's Gaga's phone friend. number in my cell phone right now. Wait, what? Um, Huge if true. <laughs> yeah, I do. Wow. I do. She's one of the the few stars that I've I've actually spoken to her on the phone a couple times. When we were signed, um, we were going to do a remix for her for a song she was doing with Tony Bennett. They had like a oh yeah record. I remember that. So it was uh, wow. Song I I can't do anything. Wait, wait, I forget forget the name of the song. It was a classic tune, and we did a we remixed it. We did a really good job. And I get a call one day, and it's this dude, and he's like. Uh, hey, is this Ben? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hold for Lady Gaga. Surreal. She like, we talked for a minute and she, I really love what you did, but I want you to change this melody. And she was like singing me the melody that she wanted it to be. And I was on the phone like, holy fuck. I'm not really like a big fan, but it's just one of those people. You're like, holy shit. Like, like Lady this- Gaga is singing to you right now. Yeah. Oh, wow. On the Crazy. phone. Like what the um, fuck is life? So she was super nice. And like my bandmate's dog had just died and he was really upset. Oh, and she, and I told rough. her that on the phone. And the next morning she called me and was like, what? hey, this is Stephanie. I was like, who? And she was like, Gaga. And I was like, oh shit. And she was like, I just wanted to tell you like, 
a story. She told me a story about her dog <gasps> and how it I was wow. like, oh my god. Oh, anyway, wow. that's so mean. It's so cool. So it fucking ended up cool of her, man. Fizzling, and I was like pretty bummed out. Um, yeah. Uh, the whatever powers that be didn't yeah. come out, but she was cool. no worries. She was super cool. It, it was still a beautiful experience. Yeah. It sounds like like a, what a what a nice interaction to have. Oh, here so favorite. little little follow up. So about a month ago, I'm on the couch with my wife, and I'm in my phone, and I see Lady Gaga. And I'm like, fuck. So I swear to God, I go, I'm being an idiot. I call it. Right? <gasps> she, she fucking answers. No way. Goes, what? What? So she, That's so she literally must have. But when she called me years ago, I saved the number. She must have called me like from her personal phone. Oh so I called, she God. goes, oh, and I knew her voice. She goes, hello. And I was like, uh, is Amy there? And she's like, no, wrong number. It's like, okay, bye. And I didn't, wow, I like- it still worked. Oh my God. God. <laughs> wow, dude. I can't even so, believe it. You're like, oh I will fuck, I didn't you, think he was gonna answer I this. will sell you her number for $10,000. Oh, that you heard it here on Hot Takes. I, I don't wanna- $10,000. I don't wanna bother Stephanie. Lady Gaga. Stephanie's very busy. I'm not trying to bother her. <laughs> Syllabus has a really good question too. Um, she wants to know if you have any negative musical influences. Like stuff you absolutely do not want to sound like at all costs. Oh man! Right, leave no, it to I'm our chat, that, man. Like hardcore. I'm never that hardcore. Like I hate. I mean, I don't. You know, there's things that like I really don't listen to. Um, but fuck, I don't know. I, I just always. To me, what bothers me sometimes in music is when things sound really. Um, when things sound really tinny and kind of like everything's kind of a preset, it's like things okay. sound kind of very, yeah. you know? So like when things are, um, I'm trying to like, when things sound too- uh, uh, Like canned? Uh, yeah, like canned, like, like happy, like everything's, you know, ding, ding, little bing pong pings everywhere. That kind of stuff bothers me. Um, but for me, like, I'm always looking for, like, that, like, overused word warmth in my music. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to, like, um, create my own sounds and make things yeah. that are maybe a little bit different than everyone else, just so it maybe stands out a little bit. But there's nothing I hate that I'm like, fuck, I don't want to sound like that at all. Mr. Positivity. Um, usually I'll find at least one thing I like in something. Um, you know, That's one thing Skelly like a says scenario. a lot. You'll always find one thing in every genre that you can appreciate. I'm yeah. a drum guy, so even if it's like a kick drum that is pumping, hey, the kick drum is low. Sure, and right. You find something yeah. you can appreciate about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Somebody else had a question. Oh, Quiz. Quiz Maybe always has good questions. questions. Quiz wants to know what your favorite okay. thing about vinyl is as a medium, and what do you think about tapes? My favorite thing about vinyl is probably like the whole, like when I was a kid and even buying CDs and stuff, it was like a physical thing. Like you got to open right. it up and crack the package and pull out the booklet and, you know, mm -hmm. put it in your play. It was like, there was something to it, you know, collecting CDs and, um, and so for vinyl, um, as I got older and I was collecting records to try to sample, my record collection grew and then I started collecting stuff I wanted to listen to. Um, and just to listen to music on vinyl is a pleasure. It sounds really nice. Um, yeah. And um, 
Yeah, just as a medium. It's like this big piece of artwork that you get to hold. Fair. I mean, it's just a cool thing, you know? Yeah, um, it's a functional art piece. Yeah. And, and I think we put a lot of work into the music and into the whole package. So it's cool to be able to like- Very true. Kind of have it on a, a grand kind does, of scale like that. Does Andrew art direct everything too? Like not just make the um, the cover art, but does he actually put everything together, the layout design and everything yeah. as well? Yeah. Wow. Everything I've done, whether it's been, you know, um, the Nightshade EP, Blunt Action did that piece, um, Pacific, um, I forget the guy's name, it was a French photographer, but Andrew will always do the layout, he'll, the text, everything is Andrew. Talented. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. I agree. I'm hey. so happy that he's still, I'm so happy that, because I remember when he started and back in the very early days of the, uh, you know, back, back He was on like scene. Keats Collective and shit, wasn't he? No, Stratford no. Court. He was... Oh, walkie talkie, walkie -talkie was never on Keats Collective yeah. or like Shoebox or anything. I actually don't know. I think he was uh, even on a Sunset sure. Waves cover too. Not. No, it just it's just fun to see the fact that like you know this this whole scene that has grown into like a multiple scenes, you know what I mean, and, and exploded into like a huge landscape of artists and other you know scenes and such. Like you know, like Andrew is one of the first guys that you know was around back then i Andrew's remember stupid and, uh, skilled like you know, unbelievably talented. you know it's just fun yeah. to see no, everybody who has like moved out into their own and created their own andrew would be great for hot takes very early days you know and these yeah, very early days oh i would love to yeah, would, i get andrew, andrew we got a lot of people fighting out our we're gonna get everybody um, that we want on here soon enough you know right. that's, we have to yeah, yeah, all the time but i was you know without andrew uh again i mean i feel like a big part of what connects people to hotel pools is not only the music but the visual element you know yeah. and like yeah. it, it it matches so well and we um collaborate really well so yeah i mean if i didn't have someone like him to help me curate this as i went yeah. i mean i'd be in a totally different spot i'd be like trying to find artists all the time and oh, you know for it's, sure you know so so many thing. you know when when the whole like concept of like the internet scene of strange music began like in like 2010 2011 like a lot of these labels that came up back then they're gone now but Trapper court has been a monolith from mm -hmm. this like early days when there wasn't many people doing anything we didn't really separate anything into different scenes and he's yeah it's fun to see everybody go off and do their own uh, little journeys and create these big worlds and yeah he's he's the man his sound has become so cohesive you know what i mean if he's you listen to some of his early comps known I mean, by everybody in all these other scenes too you know he was a little like yeah. mr nonsense man like he got a little bit of everything in some of his earlier comps and now he's For just sure he did. coalesced yeah. around this beautiful warm and, uh, like yeah. nostalgic sound that's gentle and it's original awesome. compositions um yes what, Great. but what, other questions do we have other questions yeah light us up chat um i know some people earlier really really wanted you to expound on the whole situation with daryl hall not sure how comfortable oh, yeah. you are with the yeah i don't telling really us care more. I mean, uh, <laughs> they really right, wanted right, some stories about daryl okay, hall yeah let's well get my ultimate story. story that i always tell everybody is the story about um because I'd love it to spread around the music scene and I've told it to almost every musician friend I know. But I'll tell you the quick version. Um, they were on tour and um, my dad's in his hotel room. All the, you know, they each get their own room. Cool. And Daryl's at the door and he's like, hey, what's up, Mike? What's going on? They chat for a second and Daryl goes into the bathroom. 
And then my dad's hanging out, and he's like, what the fuck? He's, like, in his bathroom for a while. It comes out. He's like, okay, Mike, see you later. And my dad goes in the bathroom, and he took a shit in his bathroom. So he Ew. didn't want to take a shit in his own hotel room, so he went into my dad's room to take a shit. So oh, the so story oh, no. that I always tell, the story that I always tell is what I say when I go somewhere and I take a shit and I leave, I call it Daryling. So when you, go to when you go to someone's house and you take a shit and you leave immediately, it's called That's Daryling. That's called pulling it's like a Daryling. Really? wants I to know if you're going to stop that. I hope so, man. Oh. <laughs> That's the least he could do, right? That's so anyway, gross. Anyway, like, listen, I, my dad was like, he what a was diva. with those guys for many years and it was like really cool. But I will say at the end of, you know, uh, his career, they weren't, the you know, that's the way this industry is. Like, there are very few people that actually really care. It's a lot of yeah. cutthroat business, fucking money over that's everything. So sad. So, you know, I'm not going to say that those guys didn't do a lot for my dad. He had a great run with them for a long time. But at the end, not not so good. So, wow. Yeah. Oh Daryl Hall was the fucking Daryl Hall thinks he's the shit, man. Daryl Hall <laughs> is the guy that thinks like he thinks he's Michael Jackson. He thinks when he walks into a room, everyone should stop and gasp. You know, wow. it's like that's who the guy is. He's just a unbelievable. Prick. Meanwhile, bet, all of know, us have Oates imposter guy, syndrome. God, you think Oates is, is Oates a good? I bet Oates is a good Oates guy. Oates was always super nice to me. Uh, he oh was, yeah, you have to good cop, really bad cop there. I, lo yeah, I love hearing it. that Oates was the good guy. Oates was the Oates was the, the smaller buff dude, and he would always be super nice. And then Daryl was the tall, you know, fucking wore sunglasses inside. You know, oh, like, he's that dude. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of those oh, out here in yeah. Vegas. What is, your, uh, what is your favorite musical guilty pleasure? Something that you listen to that people may not expect. Man, I probably have so many. Dude, um, lay them all on us. God. Well, if you looked in my phone, my four-year-old kid has played Paul Simon uh, fucking me and Julio down by the schoolyard so much that you would think that was my favorite song of all time. That's um, kind of adorable. He gets into these, he'll be on my phone and get into in these phases where he'll play one song like 10,000 times. The kids love to do that, right? Oh, yeah. They find that one thing over and over um, again. Shit, what's a guilty pleasure? I mean... I mean, there really shouldn't be guilty pleasures, am I right? But you nonetheless, know, something like, that would be the first thing you mention to people if you're trying to be a cool guy artist. People seem what's to really boy, think your son has good taste. Like, so, so, like what's a what's a what's a, something you listen to that's like? Why well, wouldn't lead with this if someone asked <laughs> my my favorite music? You know what I mean? <laughs> wouldn't lead with this uh, one. Uh, something that would get you roasted in high school. Roasted in high school. Well, when I was in high school, everyone listened to Grateful Dead, so you wouldn't. I was not one of those guys. Um, well, I hope I age like you do. Jesus, I thought you were our age. Well, I'm not. I mean, I they weren't like. But when I was in, now, high I don't think school, he's one of the '60s. Like, I think that just there's a period where people were into like. Oh, everybody had a Jim Morrison phase. Yeah, like, okay. wow, you listen to great. You was in high school in 1971. You know, everyone. <laughs> there was the a kids, phase. There was a phase I don't see back a gray in like hair the, on uh, this the mid '90s. 
No, there's a phase in like the mid and late nineties where people were really into like Dave Matthews. Yeah, band. or like Led yeah. Zeppelin. Sort of like instigated yeah. up, instigated those kids also being really into say the Grateful Dead or some other like jamish type bands back then. Oh, I, you know who I don't hate? Counting Crows. How about that? that was wow, Counting Crows is legit. I listen to Counting you know? Crows. Honestly, Absolutely. that song "Hanging Around" does get overplayed, but I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, August. That, I'm, I'm thinking, thinking more August about, and everything after that album, the yeah, first one. That's a good, good one. I don't really listen much yeah. beside from that album. And, you know, I, I Hanging around's not so good. Cold, I agree. I think Coldplay gets shit on a lot these days. Coldplay, Coldplay is not that bad. The first two Coldplay records to me were like huge. You know, they were my, not bad. Uh, so, like, yeah, how are you going to be a Radiohead fan and not at least appreciate Coldplay? Well, I don't know, man. That's like a bit of a jump. I mean, I, yeah, I it more, is, but that's why I said it. <laughs> I, I mean, even Viva La Vida one. wasn't that bad. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I think they, you know, I, they, they are, yes, I'd say they are competent songwriters, and that is there are no bad takes right? on hot takes. They are competent songwriters, and I have definitely. There's a song on that Vida La Vida's uh, album called Lost, and I actually really like that song a lot. There is a and, hidden like, track called of it. like Chinese Sleep Dance or something like that that is a straight-up shoegaze song. <laughs> Chinese, Chinese Sleep Chinese Chant. Sleep? It's it called good oh, as shit. Chinese it's a hidden song. Chant? Let me find it. It's a it's a shoegaze right. song, and it's good as shit. Right, but right. anyways, moving we're, right we're along. We're running out of time. Uh, I'm going to send questions. it to you, goddammit. Okay, fine. Are there other questions? Yeah, guests, please. We got like a few more minutes left before we got to stop, and then you know, oh, syllabus says, "What is the weirdest thing you own?" Okay, yeah. What's the weirdest thing you own? Yeah, like, do you own um, any like vintage weaponry or anything? Like, take us through your vintage weaponry I, collection. I own a. I saw a cop drop one time. I was on my balcony. <laughs> I was on my balcony like 15 years ago. I saw a cop tackle this kid in the street and like tackled him and like put him in cuffs, took him away. He dropped his baton and I went down Whoa. and picked it up and I still have it. Hell like wow. That's yeah. so... Damn. Oh, I can't believe it, you guys. But I can't believe he lost his baton. He probably got back to the stage. He's like, oh, fuck. And you know what's <laughs> funny? Like... Years later, I was in a Starbucks and this I, I'm like fucking weird and I'll like talk to people for no reason about nonsense sometimes. And I saw this cop and I told him the story and I was like, he dropped it and I and I have it. I was like, what should I do with it? He's like, oh, just keep it. Like, <laughs> the okay. cops just like whatever. It's yours now. You, <laughs> yeah. you're, right, you're, that you're, that's actually clowned. how you become a police officer. You pick up a baton in the street and that's how you get the job. Now you're on the force cool. now. I would be like put. I would be put like a badge on you after he said that. It's like, well, right. <laughs> Actually, hands his weapon. You're on the beat. Go down to the corner. HQ. Let's see if All you right. can do some um, community policing. All right. So, do we? Are we good? Do we? Start you know what? Let's go time? ahead and let's let's go ahead and get to the part I, I mentioned last night, Ben. We like to give the floor to our guests when we're running out of time. Um, to go ahead and shout out anything you want, promote. Name names, just anything oh. you want to say. You have the floor. Oh man! Well, first, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate. Oh it man! And um, it's been fun. Thanks Let's to everyone that, you, uh, that hung around and listened, and uh, thanks for listening to my music. And um, hell yeah! I put a couple. I put a new track out today on SoundCloud. I have two tracks out on Sicky. Friday. Um, I have a very special version of Palmscapes that is super limited that'll be out on friday damn uh, and um 
And another little couple surprises. So this Friday, March 11th, Stratford Court Bandcamp. Um, be there. Stratford Court time is 9 a.m. Pacific on Friday. That is Stratford Court time. So whenever we, okay. whenever Stratford Court releases something, it's 9 a.m. Pacific on Friday. Thanks for the link, Lux. Links, uh, Lux just linked your track. And that's thank uh, that's oh, PSE time, right? That's Pacific time. Hell yeah, yeah Pacific time. Darn you, son. Yeah, and um, and yeah, just uh, love you. Love you all. Thank you. Look at this guy. We love you. All right. Uh, Isaac, do you have anything you need to shout uh, out? Yeah. So this weekend is, let's see, Friday we have Wave Break, right? You and I are both participating in Wave Break, aren't we? I actually still have to finish my set for that. Jesus. Okay. So it's on Friday. Uh, I have a lot of shit I have to do. I know all you the do. Time but Jesus. Eyes. So uh, Hexadecimal uh, and Encarta uh, like 95. I'm sure they haven't even realized True. And it's like 10 minute sets. So, ah, what's one set? Just, I have it just done. Kidding. I, I want to see it. it. So, so Skelly and I are both participating in Wave Break. Um, it's this Friday. Uh, it's uh, in Carter 95 and Hexadecimals event. Uh, the Twitch channel is escaping me. If anybody knows what it is, please post it. But I got a 10-minute break core set that I did. Uh, no visuals. I just recorded myself on OBS. Absolutely losing my shit for like 10 minutes. Uh, lots of great people are going to be participating, including uh, some people who've never participated before, like Ronnie. Did you know Ronnie is doing a set? I oh, can't fuck. wait to see this Ronnie, shit. Ronnie's a promoter over in St. Louis. He has yeah. something uh, yeah. vapor space. Vapor space. A lot of vapor He's like an OG early '90s DJ. And vapor adjacent uh, people perform at that all the time. And yeah, he's an OG '90s DJ from way back in the day. Wait, are yeah. you a surgeon? Is that what he told me? Oh yes, I told right. him last That's night. True. That's that's another thing I do aside from the the DJing and producing. Correct? Yes. Wow, crazy. Uh, cool. Yeah, man. Um, it's uh, you know I didn't see any reason why I couldn't do both things. You know what I mean? And I was a weirdo long before I was ever doing that sort of stuff. And uh, that's a whole we, we'll we'll talk another time about Hell that. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. I was a weird. Yeah. You know how like I'm hard it is. By that. To I'll have that. you on my podcast. Oh, Hell dude, yeah. I'd love to, man. Please. I don't have a podcast. He's an interesting man. That's why oh. I picked him. Oh, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate. Um, but yeah, no, that's like a whole weird thing to be like someone like us and then in that environment and the yeah. the tricks it plays on your mind and the, you almost lose yourself for a minute there if you don't just come back to like reality and be like, fuck, I, I got to be who I am. I don't have to pretend. I had to, to tell of some of your tales last thing. night. I hope you don't mind. Please um, do anytime you like, man. But yeah, Wave Break is happening on Friday and then on Saturday in Mesa, Arizona at Club Endgame. VA10 Records is putting on a multi-stage event along with um, Desert Runners and some goth collective whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, and we're going to be... Really fun party, by it the is. Way. <laughs> uh, I'm, I get to open for Vape Error and Groovy oh, Kaiju. And I'm doing a... Jeff. Me too, man. I'm so excited that. to open for is Jeff. Is that how you say his name? Is that how I'm supposed to pronounce it? I pronounce it, it Vape Error. Vape I mean, Error. I guess I'll I ask him on I, Saturday. I thought of vaporer for a long time. I would time. say vaporer. Well, is it yeah, is it vaporer. perturbator or perturbator? <laughs> you know, I'm serious. But anyways, on Saturday, uh, me and Feats the Wombat are doing an hour-long lo-fi house DJ set. Lots of like Ross from Friends, DJ Seinfeld, DJ Boring type stuff. Um, Love Ross from Friends. Me too. Costanza. Costanza. Okay, that's a deep cut. All right, so so you fuck with a little bit of the vapor trap. I see. 
Um, if it's Seinfeld related, I fuck with it. Hell yeah. Well, I got a song. If you haven't heard Abelard's uh, Inter... No, it's not. There's a Seinfeld 2000 track by Abelard that's good as shit. Um, oh, I'm going to check that I'll out. I'll send it to you because Chris and I both love Please Abelard. Do. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, come to Mesa, Arizona to Club Endgame. It's ten, ten, $10 if you buy tickets in advance, 12 if you buy the door, 21 plus. Um, Vaporwave Stage, Goth Stage, and Synthwave Stage. Uh, Nekun from Kangacorp is going to be there with um, merch. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Nekun's going to be there. Yeah, super cool. Uh, beyond that, uh, upcoming um, Young Shiro Mixes Luxury Elite, as you well know, for an upcoming event. I can't remember if we mentioned the name or not, um, but that's in the far-flung future. I've got a 30-minute set for um, uh, a Luxury Elite's original material, except I mixed it, so that'll be fun. Um, cool. And then uh, Vapor Shave, Daydream Deluxe's event. Chris, you're participating in that one too, I think. I am. Yeah, so so both Hot Takes boys are on Vapor Shave, which is next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. I believe Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Lots and lots of Vapor very high shave. Vapor shave. No, it's like, it's a, it's a, he's raising uh, money for an Australian cancer, cancer. Uh, found thing. So uh, it's a live yeah, stream yeah. event. It's I not IRL. The, the Vapor shave thing is, uh, you know, yeah. So Daydream Deluxe is going to shave his head or color his hair or something. And I guess I just decided to go rogue. And, yeah, he's got to shave his head, I guess. Uh, I submitted a... uh, No, I do not have to shave. No, sir. I don't think so. I submitted a 30-minute cloud wrap DJ set with uh, lots of, like, young lean, right? Bones, Xavier Wolf, that kind of stuff. Uh, So that's going to be fun. Hopefully it'll kind of mellow everybody out. Hopefully it doesn't cause any loss in energy, but I'm pretty proud of it. Um, That's all I got, Chris. Your turn. Sure. Uh, I guess big thing for me is... um, Next month on the 15th, um, my side project, the melodic ambient side project, Polymath Vampire. I'm releasing the album on Business Casual. Uh, it is, if you're a fan of One of Tricks Point Never's Russian Mind album or Emerald's album, Does It Look Like I'm Here? Check that out because it's pretty cool. A bunch of synthesizers that I uh, would run all together to make some very fun melodic sounds. And then there is also guitar work on that album that has been contributed by Golden Living Room. Donor Lens, Tower of the Sun, Winter Quilt, and Hawaii 94 all contributed the guitar textures to that album. And Amazing. the artwork is by this phenomenal guy, uh, Vaporwave Susie, or S V U C C Y. And the art direction for the album is going to be by Secret Schools. Uh, Secret Schools has done a lot of work. You may recognize a lot of his work from, for Geometric Lullaby. Did all those phenomenal boxes. Oh, it's going to look great then. The man is a brilliant person, so it's going to be a beautiful looking album. Uh, that's going to be on Business Casual on the 15th, Polymath Vampire. Uh, in addition to that, you can, of course, get my album Glows and Melts on Needle Juice Records in two different variants, a Blood Splatter one and a Glow in the Dark one. Here you go. Here's the link for that. Uh, in addition to that, if you haven't checked it out already, for Space Jam's radio, I did a, oh, yeah. phenomenal, a, a big old Vaporwave dance party B2B set with the MVP, DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. Here's a link for that. Check fuck that out. They aired not on Space about Jams. like 12 different radio stations throughout Europe, by the way. But Shout you can out, Jack. do it on SoundCloud. 
Shout out DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ, by the way. Um, but also uh, going to be participating in that Vapor Shave event that was discussed on the 19th and 20th. Got like a little 30-minute set. Big audio-visual presentation of all kinds of fun visuals and fun music that I... Uh, it's all skeleton lipstick music for that. And then... Um, yeah, also the uh, the uh, the Encarta's stream. I'm doing that. I got to finish yeah. that one up. I'll you got do this. that tonight once I get off here. And um, that's good. Any... Oh, uh, oh, yeah. And terminally. Oh, wait, wait, one more thing. Terminally chill, the Vaporwave dance party. We're returning uh, to do that again on May 5th at the Dolphin in South Philly. So come yeah. on by. Hell yeah. If you're in Philly. Any word on our next guest? The Virtual Boys, I'd like to get them on. They have a res- Let's just check if they've responded to me because I really want to pick yeah, their Yeah, we want to uh, get the Virtual we'll 94 plan for. I sent them a message. I'm sure they'll get back to me soon. Let me just see if they did that right now. Uh, did they confirm? No. Yeah, it's, but I'll get them. They'll be Damn. there. We'll have them. So, I'll, so I'll talk tune in in two weeks, ideally, for Virtual 94, still up in the air. Okay. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. For rocking and 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 rapping with us during this hotel pools episode um we're gonna run the ad for polymoth polymath vampire one more time oh that's my but ben thank, thank you. you so much from the bottom of my heart thank you so much ben for this being been here tonight so fun love talking guys. to you we're gonna such a fun time thanks yeah, again anyone that tuned in on, don't forget to repost, retweet, yeah. and join us every two weeks at yes. 6 p.m. Pacific Standard, twitch.tv slash hot takes vapor. Hot takes out. Oh, shout out to Indie Advent as well. For shout out to Indie Advent. Also, Sega Octopus get- for all the new GIFs. Hell yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Good night, everybody. Check out the- Good night, guys. <laughs>